Hey everybody, how's it going? It's the Old World Gamer along with Scott Devin Kane. We're back for some more retro indie pixels podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, first, first thing I'd like to do before we do anything else in the podcast here is I'd like to give a little shout out. Uh, last week we did a little article for the Shump Project by Ilker, and uh, this was one of like those projects that I said looked really, really good. And surprisingly, um, over on his uh, Facebook group, he gave us a shout-out. So we're just going to give him another one, you know. Uh, head over to Shop Project by Ilker on Facebook and then just give him a follow and let him know that uh, we are supporting everything that he's doing over there with that, uh, with that Shump Project. Indeed. And thank you very... Thank you very much for that shout-out and the uh, and the plug. We very much appreciate that. And in case you missed it last week, if you haven't checked it out, go take a look at it because mm-hmm. he's doing some like, really, really good pixel art for that game. And mm-hmm. I don't play shoot 'em ups and I want to play it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, very, I'm very, very much looking forward to it. Uh, one other thing that, I, uh, that we also did, we did a... Uh, we did an article last week for the Legend of Zelda Trial of Courage. It was the the uh, the ROM hack for the Legend of Zelda. I actually did give that a try, and because I am hateful to myself, I of course started it out on Master Mode. And let me tell you what: um, if you are looking for a real, real, real good challenge for the Legend of Zelda, oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh! It is, it, it is hard. It is very hard. But I am actually, I am very much enjoying it. So, go ahead and go over there and give that a give that a try because you guys will not be disappointed if you are Zelda fans. It is a very, very good ROM hack so far. You should totally and stream that, dude. I probably should. You I'm really not, I have should. To do that. I would watch the shit out of that, dude. I've been missing my have... Scott Devin Kane streams whenever I have a chance to watch. Yeah, that. yeah. When I changed rigs, I haven't exactly updated my OBS, so you can oh, have not downloaded it yet. So you know what I'm saying. But anyway, I'm going to move over into my new section of podcast, starting out with uh, Nintendo reiterating once again that it will be continuing to support the 3DS as long as there is consumer demand. Nintendo has reiterated again that it that just, yeah. Uh, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser said that 3DS has plenty of support from customers and will retail, and retail standpoint. As long as the demand continues, the company will continue to support the device. And just because the company's focused on the Switch during E3 2019 doesn't mean that the handheld in its it's in its death throes just yet. Excuse me. This is what I get for starting with Coke before I go here. Uh, at this point, we have no games to announce on the 3DS at E3. In fact, we're not really showing 3DS content here because it's all about the Nintendo Switch. But our 3DS business continues to do quite well. Retailers continue to support both the hardware and the software. And as long as there's consumer demand for the 3DS, we'll be continuing to support it. In fact, we believe it's a great entry point for young gamers. This isn't the first time Nintendo has promised to continue supporting the 3DS family of systems. It's at least the fourth time. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I'm having problems believing this with. So for for how long? Like over 20 years at this point. When was like Pokemon, Pokemon Blue? When did Pokemon Blue first come out for the Game Boy? This was... Ni- oh, jeez. 1998. 98. 
1998. So the game is now 20 plus years Wait, in its fandom. You say that that's the North American release, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, when I'm did just it come out in Japan? 1996. So here's what I'm getting at. How long did Japan have Nintendo while SNES is on the go? Right. How long did, did Japan have SNES while N64 was on the go? Do you see a trend here? We right. give up on this stuff, and then we find out years later, especially us retro guys, that, oh shit, they kept making games over in Japan. Look at mm -hmm. how fantastic they are. Why didn't we get them? Because we right. were too worried about, oh, I gotta get the next well, Like... I don't understand. Like the 3DS is actually a fairly advanced piece of like technology as well. Whoops. Like, you can do a lot with it. Oh yeah. <clears throat> and but, but here's like the one piece of uh, the one piece of argument that I have against this whole thing. Excuse me, I got to turn that sound off my phone here. But um, Pokemon Sword and Shield is not getting a 3DS release. Pokemon games, that like new generation game, like Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, have been a handheld exclusive yeah. since the beginning. I mean, and, they've had their branch outs like on the GameCube and well, stuff. Sure, I mean, but, sure. But I'm talking about just like base games, like yeah. Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3. I'm talking about Blue, uh, Diamond Sapphire, you know, uh, Ruby and Diamond, or whatever. You know what I'm saying. And it's I was like referring the to base Tales generation Darkness, one. which is nothing even like the original games, because you actually have freedom in the original games. So yeah, right. you're right. You're actually 100% right, yeah. So, all of like, the spin-off games, sure, like Pokemon Snap and Gale of Darkness and Stadium, have all found themselves to consoles. But the base games, the base Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, all those games, yeah. have always been a handheld release. Sword and Shield is a Switch exclusive. So you're going to tell me that the, that the Nintendo still cares about the 3DS, but you're not going to release it on your handheld system? Hmm. I have a really hard time believing that, especially since like they 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 said nothing about the 3DS at E3, nothing. And that's what I'm saying. That, are they releasing it though for over in Japan? I, I honestly have no idea. But, but when it comes like. to when it comes to Sword and Shield, it won't. They they won't be doing it on, on handhelds for, uh, for Sword and Shield. So, I am just led to believe that Nintendo is starting to just slowly moving itself away from the 3DS while saying they're supporting it. Hmm. I mean, yeah, take a look for instance. More the, mobile fucking games. Right. And even in that, they will use the argument in saying that the Switch is technically a handheld system. Because it is. Because it is. You could just take it anywhere you want to go. You might not have online capabilities everywhere you can go. But if I want to be like in the backseat of somebody's car and just play in Breath of the Wild, I can. You know? and I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nintendo wants to go out and be into cell phones so bad, turn your fucking 3DSs into cell phones. That, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, just being able to say, hey, we're going to re-release the 3DS one more time, except this, is, this one's going to have mobile capability. That would be fantastic. 
just I, makes sense. I would go after that phone immediately. I'm honestly like, if the, if Nintendo just said we're, we're just going to start our own company of cell phones, I'd be like, dead late. Bring on the Nintendo cell phone. I want it. Right. I don't want to play just mobile games. Fuck that. And the thing that I'm getting that, that that makes me even more believe that they're trying to slowly and quietly abandon the 3ds is that a lot of the like a lot of the the um, the console release at the old SNES and NES releases they're all being done on the Switch, yep. all right? So like um, let's say Collection of Mana of which they or which they announced during E3. Which had a Game Boy, an SNES, and uh, the second they said through was also an SNES release. Their virtual console, thank you, them virtual console. It's all being released on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Now tell me of a Game Boy game through Final Fantasy Ad- or Final Fantasy Adventure. Secret of Mana and Second Day Statue 3, which is Trials of Mana, they're, they're renaming it now. Mm-hmm. How is any of that not 3DS capable? Yeah, really, though. So, what's the point of not making that available on the 3DS? There's none. Yeah. There's, abs- I guess there's just absolutely for none. the highest graphics possible, and then, you know, having to go back and dumb it down while having to do all this other stuff. Because it looks like they're saying, okay, like... Let's not focus on the handheld so much now. Let's just focus on the console. But right. like I said, they are trying to get into mobile gaming, too, on phones. So, I mean, why are you dipping your hands in there if you're focused on your console, you know? And I think this is something that they've been <laughs> aiming to do for quite a while now, where it used to be that needing the 3DS was a thing because having gaming on a mobile platform like like not like a mobile game but like having it being able to just have in your hand and play anywhere it used to be a thing like you know the six or seven years ago that the 3ds has you know been around you know it's not as unavailable as it used to be you know mobile gaming on your cell phone is becoming one of like the biggest ways to play gaming anywhere you know but and Nintendo is clearly and slowly making their way towards that. So what's the need for the 3DS anymore? There really isn't any need. Anything that can be done on any sort of platform can be done on the Switch or as a mobile uh, as a mobile download. So at this point, I, I think it's okay to just say, hey, we really don't have an interest in going anywhere with 3DS anymore because the Switch has basically turned itself into the next gaming mobile console. Yeah. So, um, speaking of uh, Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield producer explains cutting the national Pokédex from the game. Um, as the sword, as the Pokemon community works through its rage about the minor, uh, about the major change to Sword and Shield, the game's producer has explained why the adjustment is necessary. Uh, E3 held a nasty surprise from the most hardcore Pokemon fans, alongside some pretty solid-looking new footage from Sword and Shield in action. The show also carried with a major new announcement that its latest generation of games will only include a regional Pokédex. If that's all jargon for you, it's pretty simple to break down. A regional Pokédex only includes the Pokémon creatures found in the region of the Pokémon world that the game is set in. So while there's over 800 Pokémon, the Alola region has 
featured Pokemon in Sun and Moon and is only home to 400 of them. In past games, there was also a national Pokedex, however, which could be filled in by trading Pokemon over from other games set in other regions. Hmm. Sword and Shield won't have that. Whatever critters are native to the Galar region will be the, or will all be, that can be caught, battled, and bonded with in-game. Fans are mad, flooding Twitter with a hashtag dedicated to bring back the national decks and posting gotta catch some of them memes and mass. So it's no surprise that Sword and Shield producer... (laughs) (laughs) Gotta catch some of them. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So it's no surprise that Pokemon Sword and producer Junichi Musada has... Musada. Masuda has been fielding questions on the decision in interviews. We know that at some point we're, we weren't going to be able to indefinitely keep supporting all of the Pokemon. Uh, we just found that Sword and Shield would probably be a good point to go back and reevaluate what would be the best selection of Pokemon that appeal to the widest audience, while keeping into consideration the balance of the battle system. Battle is one-sided reason for now being the t- or now being the time to cut back on the number of playable, accessible Pokemon, alongside the fact that this Nintendo Switch entry marks the first time that a core main series game is releasing on a home console. The biggest reason for it is that the sheer number of Pokemon. We already have well over 800 species, and there's going to be more added with these games. And now that they're on the Switch, we're creating a much higher fidelity with higher quality animations. But even more than that, it's coming down to the battle system. We're making sure that we can keep everything balanced and give all the Pokemon that appear in the games a chance to shine. <coughs> it isn't just going to be all new Pokemon in the Galar region Pokedex. There's still going to be a lot of favorites that fans will be able to bring over that they've adventured with previously. But yeah, it was pretty much asking. It was pretty much just balancing and getting this optimal selection of Pokemon for the adventure we wanted to provide. In the interview, Musada. Masuda also goes on to explain that this exact list of familiar Pokemon included has been decided based on the lore of the Galar region, uh, setting in consideration around Pokemon types for ensuring there is a wide variety to take into battle. We don't know yet how many Pokemon will feature in Galar's region of Pokedex, but if it's similar to recent games, it'll be 400 to 500. Pokemon Sword and Shield releases this November, at which point you'll be able to catch most of them. Half of them. Something like that. Um, See, I don't understand the backlash to this. While I understand that having the the, the national decks has been like a little badge of honor for a lot of Pokemon players, how many times have we done this? How many times have we filled out a national decks in our games? A lot of times. I think going one game, one game just to balance things out and test the waters on home consoles, I think is acceptable. Yeah. Um, do I think that Nintendo can and will add the national decks later? Yes. Once they figure out how battling in Sword and Shield with the um, with the with the, uh, the the Gigamax Pokemon, how that's going to change how battling works. Yeah, really though. So, 
Pokemon is going in a new direction. They, they're, they're doing new things, and they're trying a new, a new brand. Just being able to say, hey, this is Pokemon for the Switch. It's going to be a home console thing. So, I think this, I agree with them to say that this is the perfect time to try something new. Because they're already trying something new. And for what it's worth, Nintendo's always been really good at making sure that everything Pokemon is great. Most of the time. I'm going to say 95% of it. There have been some questionable things that they've done, but at the same time, I'm going to say just about everything has been great. Right? So be patient with them, folks. I think that if they're making this sort of monumental decision in a Pokemon game, they're doing it for a good reason. If they find out that the the new Giga Mat, I can't remember what they're called, the the, the the huge Pokemon things. Pikachu Digivolve to Mega Pikachu. That's yeah, those things. <laughs> so Dynamax, Dynamax. There we go. That was the word I was looking for. If they find out that Dynamaxing is going to change battling so much to the point where they're having a hard time balancing, then having all 800 Pokemon in the game is going to make that even more difficult. Hmm. Now, mind you, this is also going to be a new visual of Pokemon, like a new visual aspect of Pokemon. So, having already between 400 and 500 Pokemon that are going to be new re-envisioned aesthetically. Just imagine how much longer it would take to develop a game if you have to do that with all 800 plus however many that are in Galar Pokemon at this point. So it, it, it would be a huge, huge daunting task. We probably wouldn't get the game this year. So about that. Exactly. So... Just be patient with them, folks, because we will get Pokemon. We will probably get our national decks at some point. Just be patient. Um, so moving along, uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild uh, director returns, and Anoma explains why they are making a direct sequel. Uh, the reveal at the end of Nintendo's E3 Direct that that had a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild as an active development was a surprise and a delight. While Nintendo doesn't have anything to show beyond this one trailer, a few little morsels of information have come out. Yesterday we learned that the younger members of the team have been inspired by Red Dead Redemption 2. Today we've learned that the Game Informer's interview with designer uh, Eiji Inonoma, that Breath of the Wild director uh, Hitemaru Fujibayashi I'm going to forgive me if I butchered that name, is once again at the helm, and we've gotten some insight as to why Breath of the Wild is getting a direct sequel. Zelda games have gotten sequels before, but rarely have they been traditional sequels. Majora's Mask is the most popular Zelda sequel. Link shuffles Link off to a new world uh, in the opening cutscene, but Breath of the Wild's sequel will remain in Hyrule. One of the reasons... That oh jeez yeah that right there uh, one of the reasons why we wanted to create a, con a continuation was because I wanted to revisit that Hyrule again and use that world again while incorporating new gameplay and a new story. 
in the same interview, he tells that he he says that he likes the idea of DLC coming after the main game, and that it's a possibility for the sequel, which was the case with the original Breath of the Wild. Elsewhere, there have been there there have been rumblings of the sequeling sequel featuring co-op, which Anoma hasn't quite firmly denied or confirmed. When IGN asked him about the possibility of Link and Zelda teaming up and both being playable, he responded that. To go straight to this notion based on what little footage we've seen is interesting. It would also not say outright that you can't play as Zelda. We wouldn't hold our breath for co-op necessarily, but it's a bit of fun to see how hard they're working to withhold the information from us. Uh, the new Zelda game does not have a date or even a proper name yet. Expect to have to wait before we find out much more about it. Man, honestly, I've been waiting a long time for this to happen right now for one big company whether it's Zelda or Elder Scrolls or you know one of these big gaming you know series where they say you know what let's incorporate all of these like imagine if you could do like A Link to the Past and the original Zelda and all these other places but they're all linked together in a Breath of the Wild style how vast that world would be. Wouldn't that be interesting and fun to go and explore every fucking, like, nook and cranny? Right. Metroid. Fuck. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. I've been playing Breath of the Wild over the last few weeks. I just got my Switch console, like, a couple months ago, so I'm a little behind in the times. Oh. Um, a little behind. Uh, I have very quickly thrown myself into the conclusion that it's the best Zelda game ever made. It is really, really good. Okay. There are vast sections of that Hyrule that just don't have anything in it. And that's by design. Okay. The idea of the game is about exploring a vast world. About just, here's your weapons, here's your wits, Go find things to do, yep. you know, and at a base, that's Zelda. That has been from the get-go. Here's very little information about your world. Go and do it. All right. The original Zelda opened you up with a screen that was just like, here's here's a cave. Here's your protagonist. Go do it. Yep. There's no explanation. There's no help. And well, see, that's what that's your imagination what... was for. That's what original retro right. was all about. Right. Is you make the story up in your own mind. Nothing is more advanced than your own imagination when creating stories. So Right. And that's that is what Zelda has always been about. About the exploration. About the adventure. Using the adventure of it. And I would like to—I uh, I would like to be in the minority that the, the farther and farther Zelda games have gone, the more they have been leading you by the nose. Okay, so let's take my—I'm going to say now my second favorite Zelda game of all time, *A Link Between Worlds*. Okay, *A Link Between Worlds* was a fantastic game. It was so well put together. The dungeons were great. The only problem is that they led you by the nose. Which 
I would have to say a link to the past is guilty of as well. They literally told you everywhere that you had to go. Were there aspects of it that you had to explore a little bit? Sure, but it was never necessary. You know, for for Link to the Past to be able to get from point A to start the game and to point Z and being able to say, I finished the game, a lot of the times there were things that just straight up told you what you had to do. Mm-hmm. Is is Breath of the Wild guilty of this? Slightly. Okay. The idea of Breath of the Wild is that you have to go take care of, you know, these beasts and blah, blah, blah. Here's where they are. Go do it. Not, oh, you just talk to this person, talk to that person, go to this X, go to that X, that's where we finish everything. The Link to the Past was very guilty of that. Of saying, here's an X, here's an X, here's an X, there's your next destination. Yeah. Where exploring was almost unnecessary there were some items that made your excuse me that made your adventure a little easier if you explored Mm -hmm. but they weren't pivotal to being able to finish the game in breath of the wild exploring is absolutely pivotal to having to complete the game just for the shrines alone because the game itself doesn't really give you that much you know, when it comes to, like, just, like, base health, it doesn't give you too much. So being able to find things to be able to cook so that you can replenish hearts or just getting hearts or stamina containers by themselves, the adventure is so pivotal to just going and exploring the vast world of Hyrule that Breath of the Wild has given you. <coughs> and... There, like the main complaint about the game is that there are a lot of portions of the game where there's just nothing, and that's true. It's it's very true, but it opens up the possibility of there being something in these later, which I think is perfect for a Breath of the Wild sequel. I think being able to take the high rules that we got used to in Breath of the Wild and saying, hey here's more stuff to do in this world is a perfect idea. Mm-hmm. Also, I discussed this with my brother at length, and I think that the idea of co-op Zelda is amazing. I think... Can you imagine how complex combat we'll have to get if co-op is a thing? how smart monsters will have to start fighting if co-op is a thing. Yeah. I mean, how... players are pretty good at playing the game now as it is. Like, they're not mm-hmm. having issues with monsters and stuff. So if you're getting co-op, you're, you're pretty much getting, like, you know, a lot of the monsters are probably going to focus on one player while the other player just backstabs them and, you know, then the other player cleans them up, you know. Right. So... Nintendo's always been relatively good with making sure that there are less challenges to monsters and bosses so if the availability of there being co-op is going to go into these could you imagine how complex boss yeah. battles can possibly become which means you know how long it's probably going to take them to actually implement it properly right so, so. you're going to have to like 
cooperate with your other, you know, cooperate with your other person. Like, mm -hmm. Link has to hit this thing with uh, an ice arrow, and then Zelda has to hit it with a shock arrow. Or they have to do, like, uh, uh, Wind Waker-esque stuff, where Zelda has to shoot a light arrow to deflect it up into a boss. Dude, that'll be awesome! And being able to do that in real time, and not just saying, hey, an NPC, oh, they're going to dictate when the arrow is coming. No, you guys have to coordinate that on your own. It's not going to be, oh, she's going to shoot it in X seconds. No, it's, hey, shoot the arrow. What? No, shoot the arrow now. Do it now. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or having to shoot a boss at the same time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So... I really hope, I really, really hope that the Breath of the Wild sequel will have that co-op that they're talking about. That'd be interesting. I'm going to move on because I can sit here and gush about Zelda all day. Um, Doom Eternal will not have a traditional deathmatch multiplayer mode, and the team is open to crossplay. Uh, deathmatch mode won't return to Doom Eternal with the developers focusing on their new multiplayer mode instead. During Bethesda's E3 presentation, we learned that Doom Eternal will feature a new multiplayer mode called Battle Mode. It will pit one player as the Slayer against two player-controlled demonic enemies. Oh, okay. The original Doom's more traditional multiplayer experience was overshadowed somewhat by the campaign, so much so that the game's expansion pass was eventually made free for everyone. So this time, id Software is doing away with it. Now, this has been confirmed via an interview with executive producer Marty Stratton on IGN. Stratton states that the game will not have traditional multiplayer mode and that battle mode is our primary multiplayer mode. The use of the word primary instead of only is, of course, something that could fuel speculation, but we wouldn't overthink it too hard. In the same interview, Stratton said that it is open to cross-platform play and that it would theoretically work for the game. Although it's not a sure thing, he says that from a technical perspective, we've made it so that we haven't limited ourselves to prevent that. Doom Eternal will release on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC November 22nd. When you first brought this up, I honestly thought you were going to say that they were instead going to do like um, the Call of Duty Zombies mode. I thought you were going to say that was going to be their new mode, more or less, where you're, you're just pitting <laughs> That's the story. It, well, yeah, but I mean, like, usually with that uh, mode, you're usually just in a room or, like, a, a small map, and that's it. There's no progression. You just stay there. Right. But, I mean, uh, that's actually interesting that you have two players uh, controlling other enemies. That's interesting. Um, I'm going to point out that this has kind of been done already. I, I was wondering that. It sounded familiar, but... Uh, Left 4 Dead. Um, oh, really? I am I am going to brain fart on the mode. I think it's called survival mode. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's the uh, four players playing as uh, playing as the survivors, and a fifth player playing as special infected. Okay. And then whenever you know they kill off a special infected, there's a respawn timer for the the special infected. And then they then they will respawn as a different, uh, a different different special uh, special infected. Mm -hmm. So like you might spawn as a smoker one time or a boomer another time. And then depending on how far through the map that you get, you may even spawn as a tank. Okay. So, you know, I always love that mode, and the thought of being able to 
do this in Doom? It's going to be a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, how different is it going to make it? I'm not sure. I think it being one human player versus two monster players is a little different. Um, I'm not completely keen on the fact that it's only two monsters, because, you know, going through Doom has always been about, oh, here's 60 monsters in a room, deal with it. Yeah. You know, so, like, 2v1 doesn't really sound like it's all that difficult. I don't know. But it's I've also... seen an indie game that's similar to that, too, I believe, actually, that I, the more I think about it, where there's at least two players, or there's, like, one player's like a boss, and the other one is, like, a, a, I guess, the protagonist or whatever, and they're doing more or less the same thing. Right. And... Mm. So, I, I, maybe there might be, you know, just base zombies and base imps that are going to be going around and trying to kill the, 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 the player too. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're just going to be able to spawn as, like, the higher-end monsters, like maybe Revenants or Mancubus or Barons of Hell. Yeah, they'd have to make it that more even. Different. Because, I mean, if you're going to be able to be taken out as an enemy with a few, like, shots or with a rocket or something, I mean, Jesus, right. that's going to be kind of shitty. Uh, yeah. You know... <laughs> So there, the, you, you, I would guess that the, you probably will end up being the higher end revenants or mancubus or or archfiles or something along those. Maybe things. you could actually command like some of the lower forms of the enemies. So like when you Maybe. spot, you have a couple of extra enemies there that you can kind of like say, okay, these guys go over this way, this guy go over this way, and you know. And, cor and corner doom guy, and to trying to like, hey, I'm just going to circumvent all. Yep. Guys, cut them off here. Those guys, cut them off here, and you know all that stuff. Or, you know, this is going to be an interesting idea. Mm -hmm. I think that I am looking forward to the thought of being able to actually control Revenant. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> and the fact that it's coming in November, it ain't that far away. We're a lot of good games know. are coming out this year. Oh yeah, they are. Oh yeah. So <laughs> this one. I don't know about. Elden Ring is an open-world action RPG being created by the makers of Dark Souls. So, mm -hmm. Elden Ring is the next game from the from the Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and uh, Sekiro series. According to game director uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki, it is an open world that only they can make. Speaking to IGN, Miyazaki describes Elden Ring as a third-person action RPG with both fantasy setting and Dark Souls design sensibilities. Unlike that series, which features environments that are dense and interconnected, Elden Ring's open world would be more open and vast. In fact, it'll be developer for, uh, Fromware's largest game to date. For the first time in a Miyazaki, <coughs> excuse me, for the first time in a Miyazaki game, you'll explore an open world on horseback and find enemies while riding through it. Not only will the world's breadth be compact, impact combat, but Miyazaki says it will create new opportunities for exploration and storytelling. Mm. Miyazaki says not to expect towns, cityscapes, or NPCs like his most recent title, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Creating a new type of game that is a big challenge for us. If we would add towns on top of that, it would become a bit too much, so we decided to create an open-world-style game focused on what we're best at. Fromware has been in development since the studio completed the final bit of DLC for Dark Souls 3 a little more than three years ago. There's no release date yet, but it's slated for launch on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. See, they need to have one, I guess, main 
not even city, but like a town. It doesn't have to be huge. And then they just have small villages or like, you know, some, some groupings of housings or something. Like, you know, like yeah. two or three families here. Or, you know, one group here. Uh, a smith over there. You know, that kind of thing. Like, along the way. So that, like, it still feels like it's a, a lived-in world as opposed to, like... Uh, was it Shadow of the Classes, where it feels like, oh, here's a vast fucking world where no one lives except big, huge creatures. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. right. Like, uh, <laughs> that, that's cool and all, but you still gotta have some of that, like, you know, people live here. Oh, there's a smith that's in this forest that I need to somehow get to because he can make this new type of weapon or, you know, whatever the case may be. So Right. And I'm gonna say that, like, having a third-person RPG game in the style of Dark Souls. Mm. Can you imagine, like, getting a group of ten people together and fighting a boss in that sort of style? That would be fun. Dark Souls already had bosses that were, like, huge and just so hard to beat on your own. Have you played Can Dark you imagine? Souls? Yes. Oh, okay. I still haven't played and, it. And... Bosses are always like like these big, huge challenges, and take you like ten minutes to fight and whatnot. Can you imagine trying to get like a group of ten people together to fight a boss that needs ten people, and is that difficult? Like, holy crap! Like, how hard are those bosses going to be? Like, one boss in a Dark Souls game was hard enough. Can you imagine a boss that needs ten people? Holy God! Yeah, really. Can you imagine a boss that is twenty or forty or fifty? <laughs> oh, oh my God! <laughs> it's going to, it's just going to make just just huge, huge raids just a joy and so rewarding to finish. But see, would you rather them host servers, or would you rather be able to host your own server so that you, if you wanted to, you can only have people you want there to come out of there? You I think I mean? both. I think both is acceptable. I think just being able to say, "Hey, you guys can come onto my server," provided that there is like sufficient anti-cheating software in the game, yeah. so that says that you can't just go onto my server, beat all these easy bosses, and now go onto the main server, and now you have all this superior gear. Mm-hmm. As provided that, like, doing private servers and doing main servers provide the an equal level of difficulty, I think it's fine to do both. Yeah. Um, so, if you're a fan of Dr. Disrespect, <laughs> problems... I had to go over this because this guy is so dumb. That's pretty much what everyone said. (laughs) Dr. Disrespect, one of the biggest streamers on Twitch, took a camera into an E3 bathroom. Guy Dr. Disrespect BM is attending E3 this week and decided to perform a bit of a stunt for what he says is his first in-real-life stream. The streamer who went into a men's room at the Los Angeles Convention Center where E3 is held, and his cameraman followed him. BM left and entered a couple of different bathrooms. All the while, this whole thing was being streamed live on Twitch. On occasion, on one occasion, his cameraman filmed from behind as he urinated. On another, BM asked his cameraman to wait outside, only for him to barge in again and continue filming. 
Needless to say, a few people who did not expect to be filmed in a public bathroom has can be seen on the clips, including someone who may have been a minor. Mm-hmm. Shortly after the incident, Dr. Disrespect's stream was shut down and his channel suspended. Yeah. At the time of the writing, his channel remains inaccessible with most of the clips captured from the stream taken down. Mirrors of the original clips can be found online, but we're not going to link them. This, clear, this is a clear violation of Twitch's community guidelines, which explicitly lists recording somebody against their will, will and stalking or violating someone's established personal boundaries among what is considered harassment. Further, filming in public bathrooms is also just a clear violation of California's penal code. Since the ban, E3 organizer and the ESA have also revoked BM's E3 badge. It's unclear whether this ban is temporary or permanent. Twitch doesn't typically comment on bans or suspensions, but it's doubtful Dr. Disrespect will remain offline for long. In the past, big streamers who have violated Twitch's TOS were suspended for 14 days at the most. Which to me doesn't make sense. Like, you're pretty much saying, you know what, guys? It's okay to break the rules for a public, you know, a PR stunt. We'll ban Provided. you for two weeks, and then we'll let you back on. Like, you can't... You, like It's okay to break California law, provide... Well, it's a, provided, we, we, we lost you after you said provided, sir. Oh, my bad. Provided you have a million followers. Yeah, see, to me, that's just... It's taking advantage, and I don't think that... I mean, honestly, I think they should just completely ban them. I mean, like if he wants to come back, fine. Come back with a new channel and start all over if you have to. You'll probably get half of what you already had, anyways. But it's like the guy went into like a public bathroom. It's like, how stupid are you? And that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, if you're breaking like, a law openly on a stream, you have to think of the consequences as a company of what you know those streamers are doing to your company. Especially so. since like the fact that who's what? Oh. I see that, yeah. I, I, I'm occasionally getting it because storms appear, so hopefully I will not continue to do that. It's a it's a Saturday in my area, so rain or thunderstorm every or Sunday, I'm sorry. So it's going to rain every single time, you know. But oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it's just, this is so stupid. This is beyond stupid. And I'm sorry, like fourteen day ban is not enough. You've you've brazenly violated Twitch's TOS, and not only violated California's penal code for God's sakes. Mm-hmm. Why is why does this guy even have an opportunity of coming back? Yeah, I'm it's pretty like, sure that most of the people who have broken the TOS terms have been for things like, oh, you've seen my ass, you've seen my vagina or my penis. You know, yeah. you know, shit like that. Which, by the way, that's on the internet everywhere. That that's mm-hmm. different. But I mean, like like you said, openly you breaking least, a law is like. And you at least weren't like for those people who did that stuff like on their own streams in their own home. At least you weren't violating other people's privacy. Exactly. I mean, for being able to use a public bathroom while it may be uncomfortable for some people should not come with the stigma of oh hey somebody might come in here with a freaking camera right and do stupid skits while I'm trying to take a piss you know it's just absolutely stupid and twitch 
you should make sure that this guy is just completely banned. It's just stupid, and it's completely embarrassing to the people who had absolutely no choice but to be on his stream while being in the bathroom. It's so dumb. Uh, moving on. Uh, Konami announces the TurboGrafx-16 Mini and sticks with the game. <laughs> the Mini Retro Console trend continues with the TurboGrafx-16 Mini. The glue of Mini Consoles, probably best realized so far by the great SNES Classic Mini, continues with the TurboGrafx-16 announced today by Konami. Konami owns the right to this thing, according to Kotaku, because they absorbed Hudson back in 2012, acquiring their assets, including the console, in the process. Um, six games have been announced so far, uh, though the trailer promises more. Uh, the sixth game will be R-Type, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, East, Book 1 and 2, Alien Crush, and Dungeon Explorer. Uh, R-Type, Ninja Spirit, East, and Alien Crush are all pretty highly regarded. The Japanese version, meanwhile, the PC Engine Mini, has a different lineup, which is Bonk's Adventure, uh, Rondo of Blood, the Kung Fu, known as China Warrior locally, East 1 and 2, Superstar Soldier, and Dungeon Explorer. We, won't, we wouldn't be surprised to see Bugs Adventure making its way to the Western version, and Rondo of Blood is a cool choice. <coughs> China Warrior is an odd choice, though. It's <coughs> awful. We'll keep you updated when more games and release date are announced. My bad. <laughs> you okay with that, man? Yep. <laughs> so, I... Sure? I mean, <coughs> this really, really, really depends on how I come out on it. It's just right. that plain and simple. Let me just say this. To anyone out there who likes shoot 'em up games, <coughs> if you haven't played much of the TurboGrafx-16, a lot of its library is shoot 'em up games and yeah. really good ones. Mm-hmm. And let me go the step further and saying PC Engine, if that had been here, you probably wouldn't worry about Nintendo as much. Uh, and I'm serious. They had... All those arcade games that you said, I don't want to play them on Nintendo today because we're going to the mall and I'm going to play some arcade games. Yay! Awesome arcade games. That's what PC Engine was. So yep. you're going to get some I mean, great games on that. I'd sooner have the, the Japanese version, honestly. I mean, at the very minimum, R-Type is there, so, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, again, another one of those really great, you know, shoot 'em ups And uh, if you haven't played East... Uh, they're really good RPGs that you should give a try. Indeed. Um, I very much like the East series, so... <coughs> Once we get a little bit more information about it, we'll let you know. Indeed. Um, Spyro Reignited Trilogy heads to the PC and Switch. Uh, Spyro Reignited Trilogy has finally been confirmed for release on PC and Switch. Activision announced today that it will release Spyro Reignited Trilogy for PC and Switch on September 3rd. Currently available on PS4 and Xbox One, Spyro Fans can pre-order the game today through retail and Steam. Like its PS4 and Xbox One counterparts, the trilogy contains Spyro the Dragon, Spyro 2 Ripto's Rage, and Spyro Year of the Dragon. This will be the first time all three original Spyro games will be available on a Nintendo console. This will also be the Dragon's debut on PC, which supports 4K and uncapped frame rate. Today's news should come as no surprise considering the official Spyro website listed both PC and Switch versions last year. And then earlier this year, GameStop Germany had the game listed for both platforms. 
It looks really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, with all the new graphical updates and everything, that added, mm-hmm. oof, looks really, really, really nice. Um, I can't say that I've ever really been a fan of Spyro, so it, I I don't want to really give too much insight into it. I mean, just like from what I'm seeing graphically, the game looks really nice, and I might actually give it a try. I you know, never really it, thought much of the game until I had a chance to play it, and once I got to play it, I really enjoyed it. I feel the same yeah. way about uh, Banjo-Kazooie. I'm just like, eh, it doesn't look that great. But I'm sure if I go and play it, I'm going to be like, ah, oh, this is a great game. Because <laughs> right. a lot of people love that game. And I never, I, honestly, just from looking at it, I don't get it. But uh, I'm right. sure it's good for a reason. So I just need to, you know, get the time to play it at some point. Yep. So, uh, Dauntless has 10 million players. Yeah. Phoenix Labs' behemoth slaying action game Dauntless is coming to the Switch. Phoenix Lab announced that Dauntless has hit the 10 million player mark three weeks after its May 21st release. Three yeah, weeks! Three, of course. At the end of May, the free-to-play game had 5 million players, up from the previous weekend where the company had passed the 4 million, week, 4 million mark. In the one month of May, Dauntless was the number one free-to-play game on PlayStation 4 one week after its release. Announced during the Nintendo E3 Direct this morning, Dauntless will make its way to the Nintendo Switch today on the show floor. Uh, Dauntless will launch on the Nintendo Switch later in 2019. Uh, If it's already got 10 million players, can you imagine how many more are going to end up playing this game if it moves over to the Switch? Now, the thing is, a lot of those people have also finished that game pretty quickly as well. It's like, holy crap. 10 million? <laughs> I get I get a free to play, but holy crap, 10 million. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Well, it's ba- basically, hey, you can't afford to play Monster Hunter? We're here. Play Monster Here's Hunter for Monster free. Hunter free. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> 10 million and uh, check for it later this year on the Nintendo Switch. But uh, didn't we also have another news segment a couple weeks ago saying that they had like three plus hours wait time to get into a game? Right, yeah. So, so that's... <laughs> That's how many people are playing Dauntless, folks. That's a wild. crap ton. So, uh, Animal Crossing New Horizons is going to be coming out in a year. Oh. The next entry to the Animal Crossing series will arrive on March 20th. Oh. After what seems like ages, the new Animal Crossing is finally coming to the Switch, but a bit later than we thought. That's fine. New Horizons, you run an island where there's plenty of freedom to make your life however you want it to be. You can collect resources in which can be crafted into everything from creature comforts to handy tools. You can even decorate your homestead freely inside and out. The March date was announced during the Nintendo E3 presentation. Animal Crossing New Horizon was originally slated for release this year. That's fine. Only um, thing I'm going to ask you, Nintendo, is please, please... Can you put out a Nintendo Switch that's Animal Crossing that comes with the game? Because that would be perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm relatively sure that they are. Oh, that would um, be so good. Nintendo has already announced that they're going to be... They're moving their production from China to Southeast Asia, I think that they said something along those lines. Oh. So that's just proof that the Switch is going to get its new releases relatively soon so 
there's probably going to be like a release for Pokemon. There's going to be a release for. Uh, they already did one for Pokemon, dude. Or for, uh, for, for 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 Sword oh, and Shield. Sword and Shield, for Sword and Shield yeah. specifically, one for this Animal Crossing. You know, this just. It's it's probably coming. I'm gonna say I'm gonna. There will be one for Animal Crossing. I hope so, cause I, uh, if I had a Switch already and they put out one for Animal Crossing, I I would get another one. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I mean, I know how you are for these sort. Of... They play a decent amount of Stardew Valley, so I know how you are for this sort of stuff. Oh, it's so good. So, um, The Witcher Three. Complete Edition is coming to the Nintendo Switch in 2019. Mm-hmm. Nintendo revealed that the Witcher 3 Complete Edition will be hit, hitting the Switch later this year. It includes the Witcher 3, Wild Hunt, and all 16 DLCs, and both the Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine Expansion Pack. Both the Heart of Stone and Blood and Wine Expansion Packs. Jeez, I was a mouthful. <laughs> it's set to launch this year, both digitally and in retail. The physical edition will, er, the physical edition will the card. Whoa. Yeah, That's... I'm seeing that too. Whoa. Uh, will car game card housing. This uh, also comes with a set of physical. The Witcher Universe compendium, game map, and stickers. Game is being ported to Nintendo Switch by Saber Interactive in close cooperation with CD Projekt Red. This is one of those games where I, I'm really surprised to see it on the Switch. Like, Nintendo has kind of turned around on like how they do consoles well, and how they do releases on consoles. They also have new people at the head of the company you now, I would imagine. That's also that's also true. So a game like Witcher, which, you know, all if you know the Witcher at all has content, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so I mean Sure. Good on you, Nintendo, to becoming more and more willing to just put out games that aren't just meant for kids. Well, you know I mean, what I'm saying? There's a huge market out there. You might as well grab it all. Right. Um, I'm I'm excited for this. Uh, Epic, the Epic Game Store will be giving away a free game every week for the rest of 2019. Epic is extending its free weekly game promotion until the end of the year. Epic has announced that Epic Game Store will be offering one free game each week for the rest of the year. It previously gave away one free game every two weeks, but has since expanded it to one per week during its first summer sale. It appears that this has proven popular because it's now will be the norm for the remainder of 2019. Epic announced this change alongside revealing some of the biggest games coming to the store this year, many of which were announced at E3. Games like Chivalry 2, Auto Chess, and Zombie Army 4, Dead War, were all announced this week and are all Epic Store exclusives at launch. Jesus. Um, I am really happy for this. Um, mainly, uh, I and I got a game from them that uh, the, one of the free games that they gave away was a game called Transistor. Now, for what it's worth, I would have never known about this game Unless they were like, hey, here you go, here's a free game. 
they're not giving away just trash games. I'm going to throw that out there. There are some good, good games that they are giving away. Like I, like I said, Transistor, if you haven't played that game, it is a really, really, really good RPG. And story bits in it, and the like, the art direction and everything in the game are so, so good. Good. So, they're just <coughs> not giving away trash. So, if you have an Epic Store account, you might want to pay attention to, like, those free deals, because... You know, maybe you're going to end up finding yourself a game that you weren't aware of and maybe like a new hidden gem for you. Mm-hmm. Um, Uplay Plus subscription service announced for $14.99 a month. <coughs> Ubisoft released its Uplay Plus subscription service today after the last week. Similar to Origin Access, you'll have uh, access to various Ubisoft games and services. In 2020, the service will be on Stadia as well. It will run you $14.99 a month, and you'll get unlimited access to over 100 Ubisoft games. This includes upcoming releases, premium editions, and DLC and post-launch content. This includes season pass content. Ubisoft used Assassin's Creed Odyssey as an example. If you didn't buy the pass, you would have to. You would have instant instant access to the legacy of the first blade and the fate of atlanta story arcs if you're a subscriber you can also download games directly to your pc to play offline enabled games without connecting to the internet nice. games in the service also include ghost recon breakpoint watchdogs legion and more additionally subscribers will automatically be included in all betas and early access programs oh, nice. service will launch on september 3rd but players who sign up between now and august 15th will be able to get free access to you or uh, you play plus from September 3rd through September 30th. You can cancel at any time, and if you rejoin, all your previous game progress will be waiting for you. Jesus. This sounds terrible on paper. Okay? Mm. But think about it this way. Alright? If you do one thing, and that's you subscribe for $15. You play one game and finish it. You've already made your money up. Okay? So, like, let's say, for instance, you pay your your $14.99 and you play Assassin's Creed Odyssey for, like, a week and finish it. How much would that game have costed you on retail? $40? $50? So, instead, get yourself this subscription that says you can play any of the Ubisoft games, you know, from now, from, like, all of the games way back in, you know, the day, which include, you know, like, all of the Assassin's Creed games, yep. the Rainbow Six games, um, Far Cry games, you get all the Far Cry games, you know, you know, even if you only finish one game, uh, Splinter Cell also, um, finishing one game a month is going to make it the value of your subscription. You know? And if you finish more than one game, you're getting double that value. Instead of having to pay full retail price for all games, you're going to be able to pick the games that you want to play, you know, finish those games. Let's just say, like, if you play Far Cry, like, how long will a Far Cry game take you to beat? Like, maybe two weeks? Now you play the next Far Cry game, which takes you another two weeks to finish. 
you know? So say you pay $15.99 for your subscription, you've paid $8 to go through the entirety of Far Cry and Far Cry 2. Are you going to be able to buy those games at retail for only $8 a piece? Doubtful. Especially if you're the type of player that's... Because, I mean, there's a reason why EB is still around. There's a lot of people who still just play the games. Okay, I'm finished the new game. Right, exactly. Trade it in, new game. <laughs> exactly. So, if you're interested in, in, like, the Ubisoft, you know, game line, which is, you know, like, I just, you know, Far Cry, Rainbow, you know, Rainbow Six, uh, uh, Assassin's Creed, I'm sorry. Just, if you want to play through the entirety of the Assassin's Creed story, you know, like, from beginning to end, every game will be available to you. And like I said, if you sign up early, you're going to get, like, what is it? Three three weeks for free, it's, uh, September third through September thirty. So it's like four weeks you're gonna get for free. So I think this is something that, if it proves to be successful, if it proves that it will make it worth their while to get a subscription base or something like this, I think other companies should jump on this and say, hey. Here's our whole library of games. For $15 a month, you can play our whole library of games as much as you want. Cancel your subscription at any time. You know? It's probably going to the world. That's what, you know, TV is. Right? So there you go. So I think I think this is a step in the right direction for gaming companies, allowing their players to access older games that they might not have had the capability of doing before. And just being able to say, hey... I want to play through this series of games. Here's my $15 a month. Here, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Yep. So, I think this is a great idea. So, hopefully it works, and I hope that other companies, I'm looking at you, Capcom, Konami, <laughs> will be able to just be like, this is a good idea. Let's start doing this with our games. Uh, Commander Kane is back as a mobile game. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, one of the more surprising reveals at Bethesda E3 2019 showcase came in the form of, of a reveal to a classic franchise. That franchise, of course, being Commander Keen. At its, 20, or at its E3 2019 event, Bethesda shared a brief trailer for the new Commander Keen. This new game is a free-to-play mobile-only affair coming to Android and iOS. The game is described as a reimagining of the original platform gameplay. It does include a few twists on its own, however, such as a card system for a bit of depth. As the, the story follows twins Billy and Billy as they attempt to save Billy Blaze, the original Keen, and fight off the invading Vorticons. On top of the story mode, the game also features a 1v1 multiple mode. And you can see what's going on in the trailer here. Um, okay. <laughs> I, think this, I think this is a really cool idea. You no, know, just like bringing back some of like your old franchises and saying, "Hey, remember this? Oh, remember these cool things? I think this is pretty cool." And <sighs> Commander Keen kind of holds a little spot in video gaming nostalgia for me because <sighs> this is back in the day where you had to go to DOS to be able to play your video games. And if you couldn't afford a computer, you were hitchhiking up to the library on the weekend <laughs> so you could play Pokemon on no cash Game Boy emulator. Right. So 
this sort of stuff thing. is cool. This oh, sort yeah. of stuff is cool. I, I but they didn't show any they gameplay, decide. I don't think, anyway. Yeah. That's the only thing. That's like the only unfortunate part. I mean, it's, it's Commander Keen. You know how it's going to be. It's platforming. Yeah, but it's on mobile, so I'm keen to see what it's actually going to look like. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yes, son of a bitch. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remix release date has finally, finally been confirmed. We know exactly when the Final Fantasy Remix first episode will release now. This new trailer below confirms the date, March 3rd, 2020. That's when we'll finally, after a long wait, get our hands hotly anticipated remake for Final Fantasy VII. It also contains some new footage from the game showing off more of the remake's take on the early areas of the original game. This would be the information and footage we were promised would arrive in June. We would not be surprised if more details emerged across E3. In the meantime... Uh, blah, blah, blah. The game will be episodic, and we have already speculated on what that might mean and what the end product might look like. Oh. Um, Is that supposed I'm just, to be Tifa there? I don't know. That, no, that's Jesse. Okay. That's uh, part of the, the original... Uh, sold, not Soldier. Shoot, what the hell are they... Oh my god. No, it, it. <sighs> Holy crap, Avalanche! Oh. The Aval the original Avalanche group, which was Biggs, Wedge, Jesse, and Barrett. Like, they did they did show Tiffa during E3. They just didn't show it there. They did show what she looks like in the new seven remake and um she looks pretty good. Let's <laughs> go set. She looks pretty good. She's just Tiffa. She's no way. See, she now, can't now, look you good. Know, now you know why I was asking. I was like, is this just, her? Just, just, I, I no, that was, that was Jesse. <laughs> the only well, I play I, I play the Final Fantasy trading card game, and I, I play Final Fantasy VII, so I just kind of know all of the characters. Like that's why I know exactly who that is because they kind of use some of like their likenesses in the card game too. So, yeah, you know, being able to identify some of the characters becomes a little easier. Also, probably play a fifteen hundred hour Final Fantasy Seven or something like that there. But, um, it's going to be episodic, which it depends on how well they do it. For what I'm to understand, the first section of the game, which is going to be like what we originally buy, is going to be the, the section of which they just focus on Midgar itself. So, what I'm understanding about the remake is that it is not going to be just a direct retelling of the game. It's not going to be a line for line, this is the line that happened in the original game, this is the line that's going to happen in the remake. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be a retelling of the original game. So there are going to be some portions of the game where we are going to see new things. Alright? What happened with Tifa when she when she was captured and went to Don, Don Cornolio's mansion? What happened in all of that? They don't really they don't really show you all of that stuff. You know? 
all of a sudden, Tifa shows up in this red dress, and she's on the back of this chocobo car. Like, what the fuck happened here? What happened during that? That's the sort of stuff that I feel is going to be more, more, uh, you know, centralized in the remake. It's going to be the game told under a vastly, vastly larger scale, where the Final Fantasy VII Midgar section of the game maybe takes. I don't know, maybe five hours to get into Midgar until you finally leave. This could be the entirety of the first episode. It may, it may be like a, a 20, 30 hour section in Midgar where a whole lot of different things, a whole lot of sections that you maybe didn't get to see why certain things were happening. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm looking forward to, like just seeing some of like these sections of the game that were kind of glanced over for story's sake now being touched upon in a whole new light hold everything new graphically I want to get to see more of Eris I want to see more of Eris I want to see more Eris I'm s- what? Sorry I want to see more Eris All anus more upset <laughs> uh, Final piece of news that I have for today is that uh Gears of War 5 announces its September release date and a summer of testing. Um, we were spoiled rotten with Gears 5 in the, uh, the the E3 evening show. It looks almost like we wouldn't, though, as this Xbox kicked off with a real weird teaser following a, a follow, featuring leading lady Kate. The coalition showed up more Gears tonight with a, few, with a new mode, Escape. We didn't see any gameplay of the three-player co-op mode, but a grisly trailer showed a host of zombified goons. Gears 5 launches on September 10th. Game Pass Ultimate subscribers can also clock in four days early. Don't panic, Eager Beavers. A multiplayer tech test will kick off in July, with more to come as the year progresses. Gears 5 ended with one surprise twist. Beefy boys and power armor not good enough? You have to take a look at that picture right there. Not 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 this particular picture here, but um, the one below the trailer. We'll, we'll see it in a second. I, I, I want to see this trailer all the way through. Is it just going to be your fucking face, faces coming out of the whole time? Right. <laughs> Please tell me, is there more, with more picture, please? Take a selfie. Really? Is that it? Why is she using like that? That's not even. It's not even really. Just, okay, here's the new main character, but um. Whoa! Give me this. That pic, that picture under there is what I'm most looking to. Nope. Keep going. Wait, keep going. Hey, oh. There you go. Ha 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 ha. Oh, Gear 5 is gonna have Terminators. Oh, yeah. I hate you. Oh, God, I hate you. I can't wait for that. Oh, my God, I can't wait for that. (laughs) Gears of War, Terminator crossover. See, I, I haven't played Gears of War. Uh-huh. I don't play new games, you know. I'm sorry. 
but uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this. Just just Gears alone because it's such a great story and the gameplay is also really good. So you know, there's that. But uh, Gears Gears of War Terminated crossover. Yep, that's a thing. That looks fucked. So that is the uh, the extent of my uh, my news. To now turn this over to Old World Gamer. Muy. All right. Mm, um, you. We are going to start with get over here. Get over here. Um, world records, and uh, mm-hmm. we actually don't have a lot this week. We have about half as much really? as we usually have. So that that's I guess it was a slow week in speedrunning. Um, we did have a couple records trade hands again. So uh, once more, I'm just going to say the person who has the current record. Um, Starting off, we have Shinjin the Ruler, any percent, at 3 hours, 13 minutes, 3 seconds, by Jack's Bile Duct. Uh, also, all these speedruns are for the NES. Uh, it's with the, what, a, uh, what a name. The Jack's Bile, Bile Duct. Duct. Yeah, I know. That was... was like, okay, that's a very specific piece of the, uh, of the body. <laughs> From the anatomy there. Yeah. Right? Not just like, the, the you know, the wherever it's going. Anyways. City Connection, this is one that traded hands a couple times. Uh, all levels warpless at 18 minutes, 58 seconds by Bismarck. We have a new Castlevania any percent uh, world record holder at 11 minutes, 26 really? seconds, or 26.567 seconds by SBD Wolf. Um, Legend of Zelda Second Quest Swordless at 37 minutes, 19 seconds by Saber. Really? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Wow. Um, I expected to be lack, like the whole way. Time to butcher the Japanese language. <laughs> Egina no Yogen, from the Legend of Baluba Lok. How dare you? Any percent? One hour, nine minutes, fifteen seconds by Bald Nate. Uh, Mappyland, all stages, one loop, twenty-one minutes, fifty-two seconds by Moly Man. Um, Super Dodgeball, any percent easy at 5 minutes, 9.18 seconds by Schmitty Games. Nightmare on Elm Street, any percent co-op, 21 minutes, 48 seconds by Cantaloupe Me, Cantaloupe Me, Cantaloupe Me, and JSR. Chubby Cherub, any percent at 16 minutes, 54 seconds by Super Pitfro. He took it down a couple of, uh, minutes ago, or a couple of... Seconds again, I think it was. <laughs> Star Tropics Dungeon Percent, 53.35 seconds by Hobo Jim. Mappy Land Cheese Percent, 5 minutes 43 seconds by Marth.sr. And our last one is Hello Kitty no Hana Batake, uh, any percent in 14 minutes 14 seconds by The Terrific Tracy. Sure. Is I didn't even know that was a game. Oh, yeah. There's so much games on the Famicom that we never got to. <laughs> All right. Up next, we are probably going to look through what we have for gaming titles. My, my favorite portion. <sighs> Scott's all like, what am I spending money on today? Probably. All I mean, right. Ninety-five <laughs> percent chance of what Scott's gonna spend money on this week. Yeah. 
All right, first, uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to let you know there's no uh, bundles on, per se, at Humble Bundle that uh, was real interesting to me, per se. But they do have, was it? it says Hambles? Hambles Retro Paradise? Oh, there's a pig there. Okay, Hambles Retro Paradise. Oh, deals. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure I opened up a bunch of them. Yeah, Age of Empires, 75% uh, off, Age of Empires 3. We have Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 50% uh, off at uh, $40 Canadian. Again, you can go and see the American ones after Starbound Bounty Hunter Update 1.4. And I'm just, I was more interested in knowing what this whole update was, though. I didn't get to. Anyways, uh, yeah, it's uh, there for $16.99. I'm very interested in knowing what that Bounty Hunter update is. Uh, if you wanted to get uh, Mario Odyssey and still haven't gotten it yet, uh, you can get it for 33% off right now at the Humble Bundle store. Nice. Civ 6 is also 67% off at $43.98. This is the Gold Edition, so normally it's $133. That's a huge chunk of change wow. taken off for you. Yeah, no kidding. Especially if you're really into the Civ 6... And I haven't played much of that one yet. I played a lot of Civ 5, but I haven't gotten to play much of Civ 6 yet. Alright, and some of the other retro deals that I was looking at here. Uh, Katamari Damacy, um, re-roll, 40% off. What's that all include? Uh, I think it's, just... it's the original game, uh, two games for the um, PlayStation 2. PS2? Yeah, and they redone them, which it does look a little bit smoother. It looks will, nicer, obviously, but I will say that um, of like all like the like games that could be in the weird category, I think of like of all of the games that have been like weird. Katamari Damashi has always been one of those like on the top of the list, mainly because of just like how fun the game is. No matter the fact that you're just doing the same thing over and over and over again. It's, like, it's one of our favorite game series to play for fun. Robin's yeah, a huge of, fan of it. We have most of the games. Yeah, just... I love Katamari Damashi. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and your dad is God, for God's sake, so come on. Yeah, and... What is up <laughs> with all the, like, the crotch shots? That's the only part it's that's alarming to me. Bro, it's Japan. Just you have no other explanations. <laughs> you don't need another explanation. You don't need any other explanations. Yeah. Fair Up next, if you haven't seen this and you don't have it yet, the Mega Man X Legacy Collection One and Two Bundle is twenty five percent off. So if you wanted to get your hands on that, that's probably a good time. Uh, Sonic Mania sixty six percent off uh, was twenty five dollars. Now eight fifty. Hmm. I have to check that out. I've, I actually haven't played Sonic Mania yet. Yeah, uh, it, is it a new game entirely? I thought it was a uh, like a package of the Sonic games. Oh, what am I thinking of? No, you're probably the, right. The, no, I think oh, it's right. it, uh, it is a new game. Wow. I thought, I thought so. Cool. I mean, oh, now I want to play it. Shit. It brings in aspects from from all of the older games. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's a new, brand new game altogether. Nice. Okay, that's cool. Ooh, 
you don't have Cuphead yet, 15% off. Not a huge discount, but I figured I'd mention it in case anyone's looking to get it a bit cheaper. Hey, guys, you Tesla owners over there, you can get your Cuphead for 15%. <laughs> Tesla. Because, remember, Tesla can support Cuphead now. If you wanted to get it and just haven't bought it yet, uh, Broforce is 75% off right now. If you haven't played Broforce... This game is fun as hell. Oh, it's, God, also, yes. it's also American as hell. If you haven't played it. You basically get to play as like all the superheroes from like or well superheroes. All the all the like action heroes from uh, your classic movies like Schwarzenegger and Yeah. And it's like it's like Mr. In T multiple fucking forms and, too. Yeah. It's just, it's just a fun game. It doesn't take itself very seriously. Oh, it's, it's, it's fun, though. I mean, it's fun, but the game like clearly doesn't take itself one hundred percent seriously, and oh, that God, is no. the most charming aspect of the whole game. Extra. <laughs> I, I had to put that uh, discount in there for Elizabeth. He, he, he's a big fan of Broforce. Oh, I know. He, I know he loves Broforce. Messenger. If you've been looking for this at a cheaper price, thirty percent off right now. Well then, if you haven't played it yet, <laughs> uh, people are already speedrunning this. They're, they're loving it so much. So really, oh yeah, and it is a good game. It is a great game. I got it with um, Twitch Prime, thankfully, for nice. free. So uh, next, uh, Titan Souls, another great. It, it's basically a eight to six. I would almost say sixteen bit um, uh, Shadow of the Colossus type of game. You're basically really? just fighting against big bosses most of the time. Neat. Yeah. Like uh, 75% off. It's an easy game to pick up and try if you're into that sort of thing. I gotta skip this song because fuck this. <laughs> Alright. Oh! If you're looking for a fun game to play with some of your friends, Duck Game. 60% <laughs> off right now. It's literally just pick up a gun and try to kill each other, or even just, I think you can k kick each other or something like that. Something like that. It's, yeah, it's, it's got such a It has such a stupid name that it turned me off. I'm just like, wait a minute, what is this game about? And then I'm when sorry, you finally what? see how fun it is, it's like, like oh. Hey, this game's actually really cool. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me a lot of, like, the, the type of games like uh, Speedrunners. Yeah, it's like... Like, this doesn't look all that cool. What do you do? Do you just run? That can't be... Oh, wait. Hold on. <laughs> no, wait. Okay. Never mind. This game's actually awesome. <laughs> and the same the same with, with me and Duck Game, where it's just like, how in the hell can this game... Oh. Oh. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. If we're, if we're being as cheap as it is right now... Yeah, because usually it's, for as simplistic a game that it is, it, it seems like it's almost overpriced, but it's fun. Right. It's so much, look, I mean, oh, look. It is, it's really fun. You get a group of your friends playing this game, you guys are going to love each other and hate each other at the same time. It's going to be greatness. It's, this is this is all, this is everything. And there's, like, matter. fun, stupid things you can do. Like, you can just, like, jump up and then land on your back or something like that and just go, like, Lie on the ground and go, crank, 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 crank. 
anyway. it's, just, it's it's senseless battle royale and it's just fun as hell. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of great games on at the um, the Retro Paradise sale right now. Uh, one of the last games I'm going to show you from the Humble Bundle sale is one of my favorites, Downwell. 75% off, it is a dollar. Really? If you want a simplistic and easy game that's it's, it's just so fun to get into, that has so much replayability, even though it's the same thing over and over again, Downwell. A dollar. Oh, it's it's worth it. If I I would buy it at the full price of four dollars. Four dollars is nothing for this game. It's great. I've, and I've I have heard a lot of good things about Danwell. I think it's oh. actually on my uh, team wish list. So again, I don't like shoot 'em ups. I love Danwell. And this it it just looks fun. Oh, it is. It's, it's platforming and, and shoot 'em ups at the same time. So like you can either plan or the I think the more better way to play is to keep yourself suspended in the air as much as possible because you gain the more uh, kills and gems and stuff that you collect all at the same time without touching the ground you get all these extra buffs so that if you get like say a hundred kills by the time you actually touch the ground you well you just gain yourself two extra health so when you had four of four now you have six of six so, so like oh uh, it's it's such a good Stop game, and I Stop still haven't finished it this this close to finishing it once. <laughs> uh, so I do have to go back to it. I'm actually planning at some point in time for RetroQuest to do a 12-hour stream of this. Sounds like fun to me. Uh, 12 hours of Downwell. <laughs> for a dollar, how can you possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, moving on more uh, of the um, game deals. Assassin's Creed Origins is 60% off here as well at uh, Indie Gala. can't remember how much it was off at the other store, to be honest with you, but I figured I'd leave it there anyways. Um, God Eater 3, 33% off. Ooh. Nino Kuni 2, 66% off. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. So that, that that's a huge save. And I don't, yeah, it I, is. I know it's not like... It's not that old. It's like, what, a little over a year? You know, Cooney 2? I yeah. think it's less than a year old, actually. Uh, release date. Uh, March 23rd, 2018. Yeah, a little over a year. A little over a year, okay. So, I mean, like, still, for a game that's originally $80, yeah. Yeah. Great save there. Um, I've heard and I've heard nothing but, big, like, good things about Nina. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, that's uh, I haven't played one of the games yet myself, but I wouldn't I haven't either. Uh, the last game from Indie Gala that I have here is Stellaris. Uh, if you like uh, like space strategy games, you're gonna like this. Seventy five percent off. It's forty dollars uh, down to ten. Again, worth the buy if you're into that sort of game. Um, well, first. Fanatical has this magnificent mystery machine, all the games in their very best mystery bundle, super mega awesome crates worth a thousand dollars to be found. Mm-hmm. So ten mystery keys for about ten dollars. So basically you're getting a game for a dollar, each of these. And you can get an awesome crate that's worth a thousand dollars. 
<laughs> gotta be careful, no, fanatical. No, again. Gotta gotta be careful, fanatical. You're, no. you're walking a you're walking a real thin line, man. A thousand dollars of games, I would imagine, but still. Well, sure. Well, no, no, no. I don't mean that they're actually physically giving away a thousand dollars. Oh saying, God, no. We talked we talked about this on the podcast last week, or maybe it was the week before, where it's like, oh, we really want to bring gambling out of like the gaming thing, but here's ten keys for ten dollars, and it could be a thousand dollars in your crate. <sighs> I like it. <laughs> I'm a, I like it because I'm an adult, okay? I like it because I'm old enough that I could use my $10, do what the hell I want with it. Just be careful, Fanatical, because people are upset about this sort of shit. Oh, yeah. Um, one of their biggest uh, sales they have on right now, if, if you're into Fallout uh, 76 at all, 57% off. If you're into Fallout 76, which, like, there's probably six of you. Uh, there's a few people out there who play that. Our biggest bundle yet. Well, <laughs> a few. <laughs> uh, Ubisoft is also having a huge sale over there as well. Like, pretty much everything. Uno! I mean, my God. Wait, $4? Wait, seven, $70? What? How, mu- how much <laughs> is a card game of fucking Uno? You'd be surprised. I can when go I, to the uh, store and get a real pack of Uno cards from okay. China. You'd be surprised. When I uh, when I got Uno, when I when I still played on the Xbox 360, you could not never find a game. You could log into that you could log into that lobby, and it would take you eight seconds to find four people Jesus. at any time of the day. People are nuts about that game. Uh, don't ask me why. They just are. It's Uno. It's easy. You don't have to think. You could play it while you're drunk. <laughs> Fair enough, rather. Alright. We're going to be going into my... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. This is Um, the one that uh, Scott would enjoy, I think. Just click on the I want it and move. Think about that one. I'm definitely going to want to play this. The the newer Doom games have a lot more appeal to me than the older ones, personally. I mean, it's Doom. Devolver Bootleg... Eight ori- original ripoffs of Devolver Digital Games. Pay money for it now? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, it is from them, though. Okay. I was going to say, wait, is someone hijacking their games and just selling that? Oh, hey, guys, here's a bundle of games I didn't make. Huh? <laughs> so what games are in it? I'm really interested. In yeah. Cat Game Absolver. Under the Gungeon. I'm Milwaukee. Wait, are these all, like, arcades? Oh, Lufthrausers is a game I have that I've wanted to play for a while. And again, it's a shoot-em-up, which is so weird when I want to play it. Hotline Milwaukee? Seriously? Developer bootleg. I'll, I'll add it in. It's probably, like, spin-offs of the, their original yeah, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting, because I'm seeing some... That wasn't Enter the Gungeon. What the fuck was Ooh, that? Came out two days ago. Blaster Master Zero. Mm, oh, I'll add that to my wish list. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Oh, hello? I Are you shitting those. me? What? What? <gasps> what? <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe they're redoing this game. Oh, this looks so good. 
I'm loving this. What? Uh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Doesn't it make you want to have sex at time? It makes me want to touch it myself because of Blaster Master. Yeah, dude. What the fuck? Is this just a Blaster Master remake? I don't care. This looks... Oh, I want it. It looks great! I want it. I want it so bad. Mother brain! Man! Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I can't get over the fucking I, I, storyline of this. Careful, Stefan. I know what you were thinking. What? Nothing. Wait, is that... Going after the fucking frog in the hole. <laughs> yeah. So it's literally all Blaster Master is about. Alright, I'll get this frog. <laughs> Can't say that it wasn't because it really was. I'm not interested in that. Chippy. Because uh, Stefan already knows everything's game that says so. <laughs> That is not what I was referring to. <laughs> I, 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 I know, but... <laughs> he was still funny. Uh, not my type of thing. Sorry, Chippy. Mowing and throwing. Huh? Next. God Wars, the complete legend. <laughs> but Kadokawa Games Limited... It just came out. The complete legend. Alright. Uh, hold on. Simulation, actual RPG, RPG. What is this real people thing? Oh, she's moving a little bit. You can't stay still, can you? Why didn't you just take a picture of her? Why is she moving so much? You guys could have took a picture and done the same thing, except she wouldn't Why does she look like Nakaruru? I don't even know who that is. <laughs> okay. Hello. Uh, uh, uh. Samurai Showdown character. Okay, here we go. Or, uh, not Samurai Ooh, Showdown. Last right. plate. Hey, what's up, girl? Oh, this looks a lot like uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. I'd play the shit out of this. Yeah, I'll add that to my list of wishes. Man, it's a tactics game. Man, I was like, I'm really interested in this. It's like tactics game. Like, of a bitch. False. Like, front. immediately go from like, hey, this is something that I may actually want to. Oh, you're gonna be awful at this, so don't even bother. Because. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I suck at tactics games. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm awful. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, no. What in the world? Uh, next in queue is what in the world. Stab, stab, stab. No. Don't like the look of this at all, because look at this. What the fuck? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's Bomberman ripoff. You're doing this to the wrong person. Yes, you are. If I want to play Bomberman, I'll play real Bomberman, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yes! I want that. <laughs> Contra Collection? Yes, please. Don't even have to think about that. Next. So, you know how hard it was for me? It wasn't just an instant buy for me. Oh, my God. That was so... That was so hard for me to just say, nope, I have to wait and buy it later. Because I need to be a responsible dog based bills first. Alright, and we're done with my queue. That was different. 
<laughs> yeah, nice and quick this time around. It was either, hey, we absolutely without thought <laughs> want this game, or, oh, hot garbage. Well, I get to get to my news now, so that's fine. All right. <laughs> Star Wars, <laughs> Monkey Island, and other LucasArts classics are getting collector's editions. Huh. Mm-hmm. Doesn't that sound nice? Uh, any publisher limited-run games is reviving more than a dozen old-school Star Wars games with physical collector edition re-releases the company announced Monday during its E3 2018 press briefing. Uh, it will kick off June 28th with the release of Star Wars Bounty Hunter on PlayStation 4. Um, limited Run is planning to release some of the collector's editions of the game's original platforms. Uh, here's the full list. Uh, Curse of Monkey Island, Monkey Island 2, Secret of Monkey Island, Secret of Monkey Island Special Edition, Star Wars, oh, NES Game Boy, yeah. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, <laughs> Star Wars Dark Forces, Episode 1 Racer, uh, Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Jedi Knight, Star Wars, oh, Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy, uh, Racer Revenge, Rebel Assault, Shadows of the Empire, TIE Fighter, and X-Wing. The Jedi Knight ones especially, I would definitely go and get those. It's a, it's a pretty hefty, hefty group of games. Yeah, and a lot of those are good games. Yeah, right. Alright, moving on to the next part that's not really news, more of a little bit of a hardware kind of thing. Remember when we were talking about the light gun? Mm-hmm. I went to their website because I was kind of looking around at different things. Apparently they make this console called the oh, Polymega. And you can get these different bundles that actually inc include little element module sets that, I guess, clip onto it so that you can play either uh, Super Nintendo, um, I think that's TurboGrafx-16, I mean, no, that's TurboGrafx-16, that's Nintendo, uh, and the Sega Genesis, God, this is so weird to control. Um, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, each of these modules also come with an extra controller, so I'm just thinking, like, this is kind of cool, but at the same time, the huge price point, you know? Um, yeah, I know. That's, if I mean, I'm seeing that correctly, it looks like $650. Yeah, $650. Oof. Which is hefty, but I mean, if you're someone who's like, I have the money to spend on getting a bunch of retro stuff, this could be the way to go, just to get away from having to buy all the consoles at once. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. It all depends on how these modules work and shit, too, so... Oh. Gotta keep an eye on that and see... Yeah, the modules actually have the original plugins, but look at it like there's a Super Nintendo one. Yeah. And the Nintendo. Okay. So you might yeah, even that's... be able to use original hardware as well. But, yeah, I mean, right. like, the, these controllers that they come with actually look like they're pretty comfy as well. Yeah, right. But anyways, I just figured I'd mention that just because it is a different way of, I guess, playing games. I don't know anyone who actually has one of these or might have pre-ordered one. But uh, I figured I'd give that a mention real quick. And of course, oh, okay, good. It actually loaded. Uh, yeah, something <laughs> I think um, Scott talked about there or just briefly touched on is Trials of Mana HD Remake coming out next year. Collection of Mana is out now in the Switch eShop. Um, so, <laughs> I can uh, I can elaborate a little because mm -hmm. I have a little bit of a story that I I omitted a por portion of this story to my wife because I didn't want her to actually freak the fuck out. Um, I was watching the Nintendo 
the Nintendo Direct on my way home from work uh, a couple days ago, and the Collection of Mana uh, preview came on, and it started with uh, a gaming or a track called Rising Sun, which is the main theme of Final Fantasy Adventure. And Final Fantasy Adventure is one of my favorite video games of all time. And I'm talking oh. about, like, within my top five. I fucking love Adventure of Mana. Or, uh, Adventure of Mana. Uh, Final Fantasy Adventure. I'm looking at Secret of Mana. That's but, um, on the Game Boy? Yes. Okay. And it for those that don't know, Final Fantasy Adventure is actually the first game in the Second Daisetsu series. It is it's actually a game that was set before Secret of Mana. And so the Nintendo Direct comes on and the Rising Sun theme hits my ears and I almost wreck because I I, <laughs> I flashed myself over to my like a mount on my on my in my car where it's just sitting there and I like my head goes huh and my hands go with the steering wheel and I'm just like oh crap so um to say that I'm looking forward to being able to purchase a collection of mana is an understatement to the point where rising sun causes me to almost wreck my car mm. but uh what you're seeing there was trials of mana which is a uh the first time that uh, it will get a um, a North American release. So, Psychedelicetsu 3, North American, it's on the Switch, it's available now. Uh, <laughs> these games are uh, how to good. Uh, it's the Mana series. <laughs> the games are really good. So... You should go check it out. Like I said, Final Fantasy Adventure is one of my favorite games of time. It comes with it, along with Secret of Mana. If you haven't played Secret of Mana, it's basically one of the best RPGs out ever made. And it's also three-player. Gotta throw that out there for you. So, you know. It's SDK's seal of approval. Yeah, oh, yes, it does. Oh, yes, it does. Synopsis of Secret of Mana. What if you find the best weapon in the game in the first 30 seconds? The game. <laughs> so, do you have anything else to add? I'm sorry, I took over this little segment. No, it's good. Cool. Cool. I will literally just sit here and gush about Psychic Desetsu. I love the series. And no, you'll, anyone who's getting... after, you'll have to forgive me. I might have to refresh all of these again because the way that some of these work is they... they just time out or something. So I'm, I'm just waiting for this to... Well, okay. Alright, so you can pre-order the Sega Drive, uh, Sega Genesis Mega Drive Mini, but uh, apparently if uh, you do some homework, there are three versions of this. So we already know Why? the Japanese version. There's also the other Asian version, or what is it they call it? The third variant... The rest of Asia basically gets a different variant where they get an ex uh, different exclusives such as Alien Soldier, Puyo Puyo, Outrun 2019, 
Shining Force 2, and Sword of Vermilion. Yeah, really? Worth it just for Shining Force 2. Sword of Vermilion's also fantastic, so is Alien Soldier. Yeah, I, and I can't I see Outrun being horrible, and a lot of people like Puyo Puyo, so... Uh, <laughs> the last Outrun game is really good, that they did, like, Outrun Arcade something something. Mm -hmm. I really like that Outrun, and let me tell you, I, uh... The, the, when I, when I fr first played, like, the new remake, the Outrun Arcade or whatever it's called, mm -hmm. and they had some of, like, the old music from the original Outrun on it, I'm just like, oh, oh, I fell in love with this game. Spring Breeze, man. Bring back Spring Breeze. Make sure that those songs are in this mm -hmm. in this new thing. Outrun was always fun. Um, I, lo I love Outrun. It was one of the only arcades that we had on the other side of the ferry terminal. So we had where, our, where we lived, and then we had the other side where the ferry docks. So on our side, we didn't have anything, because most people were just coming from home, getting on the ferry, and going across. But then when you're coming back, you're waiting for the ferry to come back, so what are you going to do? Run down to the restaurant, you know, maybe grab something to eat, or maybe you need to buy back some mugs, use the bathroom, whatever the case may be. Or you can go up in a little, you know, hangout kind of area, and there's a pool table, and usually a Miss Pac-Man game, and Outrun, an original Outrun um, nice. For Sega Arcade, and, yeah, I used to play the crap out of that all the time. I mean, that one was like that—that that just everybody knows it, and nobody can finish it in the arcade unless you're like a pro, you know? Because it's or I have lots of money, or yeah, that too. Yeah, Easter Auto, thank you. Uh, anyways, <laughs> we're gonna move on to a different uh, piece here. The Intellivision Amico. It's the new Intellivision console. <coughs> All right, you got my attention. All right. So we've been seeing all these different, you know, minis and classic ports and everything, but uh, apparently, um, let's see. Apparently, this is what the new Intellivision Amico is going to look like. Those controllers actually look pretty cool. I just don't know about this con this uh, character here in the middle. Um, <laughs> killer titles such as Earthworm Jim featuring on the Intellivision Amico and planned launch date of October 2020 with this resurrected console be able to teach the new dogs some old tricks with the present of Intellivision Entertainment to find out what the Amico could bring to today's market after such a long time away. Uh, okay, I don't really want to talk about the dude that's there. The big differentiator is getting families and friends to play together in the same room, which doesn't happen anymore. The idea of the console is to bring everyone together similar to the way board games do. The reality is your mom isn't playing Super Smash Bros. and your grandfather can't turn the PS4 on. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, Grandma, you want to go play this ass? With this response, might be a little tongue-in-cheek. It does highlight issues of accessibility of video games, whether it's because someone can't find the time or is too intimidated to explore the world of gaming. The type of growth and change in console gaming over the years has arguably alienated a huge group of past potential gamers. Oh, yeah, sure. Hey, Grandpa, you want to play some video games? Who the hell are you? We hope what? to pick off where we left game? off and focus on these non-gamers. Oh, 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 
Oh, so when television wants to throw a new gaming console into into uh, the old folks' homes, is that what I'm hearing? No, we're gonna we're gonna be like the new age of Wii bowling. It's just gonna look a little better. <laughs> really? All right. So our entire system has RFID, which uh, they're showing off at E3. It means you can take the controller to someone's house, tap it on the machine, connect automatically, then play all the games on their system. Uh, it's a close-range wireless connectivity, which works in a similar way to, to Nintendo's Amiibo figures or wireless payment through cellular devices. It opens up possibilities for digital titles far beyond the original console. But this isn't new. And that's what I'm saying. It seems like they're trying to make something different, this, but not yeah, this, different. This, this isn't this isn't new. Being yeah. able to connect your Wii controller to somebody else's Wii is not a new feature. No. But I mean, like tapping it on it, sure. That that that's kind of cool or whatever. I, but I, I is it guess, really that much of a feature that it's worth getting the console? But for? we're talking about like we're talking about non-gamers and Earthworm Jim in the same sentence, like. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you on about? That's what I'm saying. Like, like what? It, what it, it, I like the design. Don't get me wrong; it looks cool. I like the design. But then, as soon as you start seeing what this guy has to say about it, then you know it's just like, okay, this this is not going to go anywhere. No, it's like, you're, first of all, <coughs> I, I might have I might have like overlapped you a little bit, but like your console oh. looks like a goddamn. I mean, what the hell? It looks like a goddamn what? <laughs> You cut out Tide the... Pod. Oh, Tide Pod. Yeah, I I can see what you mean. But, I, mean <laughs> I mean, if it glo- glows I... in the dark like this, or what's the other <laughs> one they showed? This one here. I, I think that looks cool. Honestly, that's that's me personally. But I is mean, it gonna make me want to buy it? No. If the shit that he's getting on with with getting non gamers to play and that like, gonna, yeah. oh, it's, it's so hard to turn on the PlayStation <laughs> Four, but oh, all of a sudden this thing is like fucking. So simplistic, yeah, like <laughs> it's gonna make Grandpa be able to. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you what, five years part of my life is being able to play Wii bowling with my grandson. Can't remember what the hell his name is, but Wii bowling, man, that's best. Like, what the hell are you guys on about here, really? I mean, at, at first, yes, it almost sounds exciting that it's you know cool. It's in television; they're trying to come back, but yeah. With, with I mean, the, the focus that they're trying to put into this console, it's just obvious it's not going to get very far. Like, saying... No, excuse me, I'm sorry. Just saying outright that the console's for non-gamers, it's like, uh, why are they buying a gaming console? Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyways, don't think we'll be having too much more news on that other than it didn't make it. So. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on. I can go back to some of these. Oh, Animal Crossing New Horizons has decoration options for the whole world, not just your house. So you might have seen it actually uh, when we were watching the trailer when Scott was briefly talking about it. And basically, instead of just uh, moving things around and placing things in your house, you can do that now outside. Uh, the other thing is that uh, I, I got I'm, I'm a huge fan of Animal Crossing. And Are you? Uh, really? Uh, the beach? Oh. You are about crapping yourself when you were watching the... When I was talking about it before. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I get into it. But no, I, I, I like that they're putting new new features into it, especially with decorating outside, because that was something that you were kind of limited on other than, like, planting flowers, I think it was. 
I want to be able to go out and plant my tiki torches on my beach and be able to throw a beach party. That's right. And other Animal Crossing games didn't allow me to do that. And I just want my goddamn... It's true. That's what I want. <laughs> I need a tiki torch, and I need one of those patio chairs. So I get to sit that there and get to uh, maximum tan mode percent in my speed run with style. Fucking Scott. <laughs> I was going to say, don't fucking die already. Elden Ring adds horseback riding to help cross an open world more vast than Dark Souls. So yeah, again... Building on what Scott was talking about earlier, they're adding in horseback riding, but there's not going to be towns. So where do you get a horse? Where do you get things for your horse? Do you just make them? You just like, oh, hey, caught a horse. I, I know how to make a saddle now. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, they, they, they clearly have things. So... It's all about time and what they say that they're going to be able to do with it. Because they're going to have right to have now, some kind of settlements. It's like even like I said, in the minuscule amount of like just a house here and yeah. there. Because they're saying that they wanted to make it more minimal, minimalistic, like it was for Dark Souls, like a more vast area, but still the same kind of like, oh hey, the guy that like upgrades your weapon is just a smith dude who's by himself in a random fucking room. So perhaps it could be something along the lines mm. players are going to have to help support one another. It's like player A has smithing and player B has tailoring. or tailoring That could be something as well. C, yeah. And you have to build your own community or something. Now that would be know. more interesting because that's almost like D&D-like, really. Right. Which would be very interesting if that was the case. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I'm kind of interested in seeing where the game goes because these vast games with more wilderness and stuff like that. Well, like, when you show Breath of the Wild, um, when we were watching the trailer and it shows that huge just scenery of where you can just go and explore, like, oh, man, makes you want to switch so bad. Right. <laughs> <sighs> so bad. It's a, it's a good game, man. It's a good game. All right, the first proper trailer and gameplay details for the Battletoads Xbox One Revival are here. Oh, oh man, boy. people were not happy with that, by the way. Oh, Oh, I haven't no. actually. I haven't seen this yet. They more or less said, "What the fuck did they do to the Battletoads?" They they basically redone them, like they're all fully remodeled. And yeah, I haven't seen this yet. So this will be like my first real reaction here. And it's going to be a little bit behind the trailer. Behind, so you'll have to forgive me as my reactions are probably a little delayed. I mean, it's an old Battletoad symbol, obviously. I mean, yeah, they I, were in. I they were like in killer designs. I really don't like the redesigns. Like, what the fuck is on the go with zits? I don't like when they do that kind of stuff to these games. It's like saying, "Okay, let's go make Mario blonde." And we're not going to make him a plumber anymore. Let's make him more like a doctor or like... A, no, no, he was already a doctor for Dr. Mario. A lawyer! There we go! Lawyer... Law, mm, we should probably change his name, too, while we're at it. Like, come on, guys. There's a reason why Mario keeps working. Mario's Mario. You don't fucking change the Battletoads. <sighs> See? <laughs> I told you. 
So, I mean, for me, I honestly, I don't care about the gameplay. Or, uh, it's a beat-em-up game, and it's fucking Battletoads, fucking... Butchered up. That's my opinion. It feels like someone butchered so, the original character. I have... I've come to a conclusion, and I can sum up everything that I've seen into a simple two-word phrase. Fucking why? Why? With all the games that are being remade, when why okay, when, when you see Spyro being changed, okay, that that is organic how it's being changed. It still looks yeah. like Spyro. When you see like. Um, that was a, uh, uh, fuck that, uh, almost Castlevania-like game. You're fucking waiting for oh, it to come out. Bloodstained? Yeah. The one, yeah, the 8-bit which... one, which looks like, oh, what's that, 8-bit oh. Castlevania? Yeah. I wonder why, because that's what they were trying to do. Why did that work so well? Why did people love it so much? Because it was like its original thing. Like, when they go and release this new Bloodstain, it's going to have a new graphical look and stuff, but people mm-hmm. are still going to be like, oh, yeah, I can tell that this is from here. This Like, other than the fact that, like, if you didn't tell me this is Battletoads, and you just put this here, I'd be like, oh, man, this is almost like a weird Battletoads ripoff. Yeah, right? Like, you wouldn't <laughs> be able to convince me that those were actually Rash Pivot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just... Shit. I really what don't are, like the new stuff. What are they doing? Right? Why? They must have watched the Sonic trailer. I just... I... <laughs> okay. I... While Battletoads in its... In its own little personal bubble has always been a super cartoony game. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's always... They've always been like a superimposed things upon the battle toads where it's like oh he kicks the guy and his foot turns into a 10 ton anvil that's <sighs> always been a battle toads thing yes but all of this super ridiculous shit that they were doing like okay when did the battle toads ever use their tongues outside of just catching the flies yeah. never they never did that so why was this a thing here and it would have been fun otherwise, except, like, again, the, the whole change, the style of what they are. And just, now the turbo uh, tunnel is, you're going you're gonna to be facing it from the front? Yeah. Like, what? It's like, the turbo tunnel was as hard as it was because you were seeing it from the side. That's what made it hard. So now you're going to be able to see all of your obstacles coming? Like... <laughs> you, you're, you're literally eliminating the point of what made it so hard to begin with. Okay, mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. Battletoads is arguably one of the most difficult Nintendo games ever made. If not the, okay? The Turbo Tunnel was like the, the, the Gordian Knot that separated... <sighs> A casual player from somebody who could actually potentially finish the game. Okay? Not only that, but the Turbo Tunnel, you you also had Snake Pit, too. Which was also another one of those, like, holy crap, this is really hard. You know? There was another and, one like the Turbo Tunnel that was in that, and I can't think of the name of it now. Uh, there, there was another one where you were on, like, the bike. Yeah, and, well, no, you were in, uh, like, a... Uh, the, the surfboard, uh, yeah. too. 
Oh, well, oh, yeah, the oh, surfboard. Oh, and then God, yeah. With the, the beans yeah. coming down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's and what like, really... <laughs> and the idea that made all of this stuff difficult is because of the side view. Mm-hmm. If you take out the fact you have the side view for the turbo tunnel, it just eliminates the difficulty of it. Are you going to have to dodge crap like that? Sure. But, like, you did it in F-Zero, too. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new. So why, if you're going to not do something new, would you deviate from the formula that made it good to begin with? The it was a keep good... Keep it now. Right. It, it was a good difficulty because it was just so mind-numbingly difficult and it just made your every single input matter. It made everything that you did in that turbo tunnel, everything, it made it matter. You know, when you hit the long jumps, did you hold on to the A button? If you did, you're dead because you need to not do that. You know, your every input matters. And this, the, the, the frontal view is just forget it. All right. That's just the complaint I have about the turbo tunnel. <laughs> like, oh, my God, this, this just looks it's while Battletoast was hard combat was never the clusterfuck that that preview showed. <laughs> there was things going on everywhere. Yeah. Where Battletoads was never about just having 60 dudes on the screen at one time and just animations of like 70 things going off at once. That was never what combat was about in Battletoads. It was always about take out the enemies in the most efficient way possible. Not just flood the screen with dudes that are just hard to see. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what it's about. Now let's just let's just finish up this conversation with it looks fucking awful. <laughs> oh my god. Who in their right fucking mind over it? Whoever's if if it's Microsoft that's doing this, who in the right mind looked at these models for the Battletoads and said, <laughs> "Okay, this looks good," because whoever it is needs to be drug out into the street and shot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. All right. <laughs> Speaking My of Outrun, God. an upcoming <laughs> enhanced port is coming on the Atari STE of a uh, of, well of Outrun. <laughs> it actually doesn't look bad, especially for the Atari ST. Yeah, right. Um, I have a couple of the Atari games, so uh, for the Atari ST, so this actually is kind of interesting to me. Um, I'm trying to see now if there's any release date. Oh, wait, it's a work in progress, yeah. So it's not done yet. <coughs> I mean... Uh, Fetty Petty 04 has said to fix most of the flaws, and not only does it not feature dust in the desert map, but new STE colors, a complete palette overall to the stage in the game, also uses the blitter on the STE, which, as you can see, is an added benefit to the game. It looks and sounds and runs really well. Let's have a quick listen, then. Actually, we can't listen, sorry, because whenever that happens, usually people are all like, Copyright! We want to monetize your video now. I just, I like, just want to hear Spring Breeze, man. That's all I want. <laughs> Spring Breeze. That's all I care. Spring Breeze. Wow. If this is gameplay for the Atari ST, this is nice. Looks actually really good. Yeah. 
I mean, it actually just looks like OutRun. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously not arcade quality, but I mean... Oh, man, yeah, this this plays well, too. Like, it's not, like, yeah, slow. Holy shit. Oh, you're going fast. What the fuck? Oh. Okay. It just, yeah, it just, just looks like OutRun. Yeah, exactly. Wow. So, I'm glad that we're finding these new games. And, again, thank you to uh, Indie Retro News. They're the ones that cover a lot of these older games that come to the lesser-played systems. I'd like to say, like, the Commodore 64, the Amiga, um... Zach Spectrum, pretty much anything that's old gaming. Mm. I, w- I will say, like, of all of, like, the old games, I, I, without a shadow of a doubt, outruns one of my, like, if not my favorite racing game. I can understand that. It, it, it looks more appealing than a lot of the other racing games, really. Right, yeah. Alright, uh, Small Saga, Charming Mouse game, aims for Kickstarter success. I didn't actually look at the Kickstarter for it. But let's have a quick little look here. Okay, it's an RPG as well. Um, I, no, no video. You just you don't want to <laughs> want people to watch it. Wait, did, did you expect the video to work during our podcast? Come on, man, you should know better than that. I'm so sorry. Click, click play. Nothing. Nothing at oh. all. All right. <sighs> <laughs> So apparently, it's a mouse as the main character for an RPG. So it's set in the sewers of London. So in fact, it has two points not seen in many other RPGs. But Jeremy Nogani has started work on exactly that with well-drawn visuals and a thoughtful story. Jeremy hopes to raise thirty-three thousand pounds to allow him to complete the full uh, project full time. Uh, he's allowed enough back money to cover living costs while he works in the game alongside the. Oh, here we go! It's actually starting now! Yay! Uh, just for any of the U.S., uh, 33,000 British pounds converts to 41,500 United States dollars. Whoa. And it converts to Canadian dollars as 55,700. Damn. So he's actually asking for quite a bit. It doesn't look like a terrible game, but... Oh, wow. 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 The visuals yeah. are very nice. Like it's yeah. really well okay. done. Graphically, it does look nice. Yeah, it's kind of reminds yeah. me of Wizardry. The turning uh, mechanics is the only thing that I've seen so far. Like it almost looks like they're going a ninety. Like for a quick second, they have to like stop and turn ninety degrees and then go again. Yeah, like I said, like it kind of like reminds me a little bit of Wizardry. There, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, you actually get to fight the cat later. Whoa. Oh yeah, this looks. Uh, this is um, almost like Shining Force style fighting here. <laughs> fighting a cat. <sighs> oh, this is awesome. All right. So now that I've seen a little bit more. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Uh, as a mouse with all that dark around, that would not be enough light for me. It, it kind of like it, like it, like the overworld gives me like a wizardry sort of like look, but yeah. the battle system very much reminds me of Golden Sun, Shining Force is what I would and, say, and Shining Force too. Yeah. Uh, Golden Sun more so that because you have the characters like directly in front of you, yes, where like, the enemies are like. Well, usually that's how it is in Shining Force. You're here and the enemies here, kind of thing. I won't lie to you and tell you that I've played a Shining Force game because I actually haven't. Oh, dude, I, really I grew good. Up, 
I grew up a Nintendo kid, so like the Shining Force games kind of went past me. Because they were they, they were all Sega releases, weren't they? Yeah, but well worth playing. That's like Fantasy Star. I haven't played any of the Fantasy Star games. Well, that's a lie. I played one once for like a couple of hours, and then I didn't play it again. So, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to play Fantasy Star at some point. But anyways. Uh, Mr. Don't mind me myself. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Mr. Do is getting an unofficial ZX Spectrum conversion. Um... I haven't played much of Mr. Do myself. I, I can't tell you that I have either. Oh, yeah, so I unfortunately cannot put any sort of light on that. Oh, it looks like it's almost like a Dig Dug clone. Yeah, it's what I like of li oh, no. what little I know about Mr. Do. Okay, I'm just gonna say this. I love these types of colors, these ZX Spectrum kind of colors like this. Quite a bit. Yeah, it kind of does give you, like, a Dick Dug feel, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, and you got the cake. Fuck all y'all. Oh, shit. Those monsters. Oh, shit. They're coming. Oh, you got... You were... You just let them eat you. That's your own fault, dude. No, I'm not watching the rest now. You could have got that, but you were just not paying attention. Anyways... <laughs> I'm not going to watch the rest of your review. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark Jones told the community that the game was being created with sound effects and music by Adrian Singh, who was also known as Mr. Poke for Sinclair User Magazine back in the day. Oh, okay. He also went on to say not only is the Adrian's first full game ever and the first coding he's done since the late 80s, but the developers worked hard on the game to bring us this fabulous arcade conversion for all ZX Spectrum owners to enjoy. That's nice. pretty awesome. It looks like a decently fun game, kind of, kind I of mean, a on the. If you had a ZX on. Spectrum, why not go and download it and you know load it onto, uh, I guess whatever you'd have to do for that because I I don't have a ZX Spectrum so. I don't know whatever what you do. have to, Mister Do. <laughs> I've seen plenty of ZX Spectrum games because I really enjoy the color palette. I know that some people think that's weird, but uh, that's just me, maybe. I mean, it's like it gets a, a very retro-y feel to it, and, you know, it feels like you're playing a retro game, so... Oh, God, yes, and very vibrant, and I guess mm -hmm. early computer colors as well, so... Anyways... Like, I mean, those, for, like, those color schemes were, like, done so that things did pop out, so it's like, you know what one thing is to another. Yeah. Uh, no, um, Foxyland uh, gets a second Mega Drive demo, so apparently I guess they're working on completing the entire game, uh, to put out for the, um... Did we cover this, or was this a, was that a different game? I think I mentioned it briefly, I, I can't remember. Oh, no. Sigma Major wants to get into indie fun. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we covered this last. We we. Uh, we oh, I we think it was uh, coming out last for. Uh, yeah, it was coming out for a different uh, console, I believe. I yeah. Think it was uh, maybe the Commodore or something. Uh, I, I, or was it the Amiga? Can't remember. Off the top of my head. Too many news things. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> That's pretty cool. It's gonna come out for the. Um, 
Mega Drive as well. It's pretty good. Like I like what we said before. I mean, it looks game. Graphically, it looks just fine. So features eight hopefully. full levels and a boss, but the full uh, Mega Drive release will hopefully feature forty levels, thirty basic, wow. and ten additional, two endings, and a lot of interesting things not yet mentioned. So it's an, almost an extension. I, I like that. I like the little animations, like the movement of trees, looks really nice. Right. Like the leaves falling off, kind of just scattering anywhere, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all about the attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Oh. Anyways, Galaga is getting an Atari 2600 port, and it actually looks really, really good for 2600. Hmm. Yeah. This is wow. very interesting. I wish I was in more into the homebrewing so I could play some of these, because... I mean, I, I assume that's the only way that you can play these, other than maybe ordering one from somebody. Uh. Yeah. Let's see it. Oh, well, they still have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay. it, it doesn't look terrible. Oh, it actually goes through all of like the scoring things. And- mm-hmm. Oh, neat. And like it's fast and moving. Now it'll, it'll it, capture. Like, yeah, okay. It's actually looks really well done for like a twenty six hundred remake of. Yeah, it does. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. No, we'll see. Of like of all, of all of like the old school, sh- uh, all all the school. Let's try this again. All of the old school shooters like this, the shoot 'em ups. Galaga is definitely one of my favorites. So. Oh, yeah. I, I this... played a lot of Galaga. I'm actually going to try and speedrun it eventually. Can you capture You can! Oh, please tell me you can get the double chips. That's going to be deadly. Oh, you're going to do it. I know you right. You got to. Yeah. I wouldn't lie to you and tell you I really this sound. What's that? I really want to know how it sounds. If it sounds like what Galaga should sound like. Yeah, you go. Get that capture player. Wow. But this is the this is for the Atari twenty six hundred. Really? Oh, that was close. Holy cow! That's really nice. It's really good. I'm honestly really surprised by how actually just straight out good that looks. Oh, that's the person playing talking. I was like, who the fuck is talking? <laughs> there we go. Oh, it sounds good, too. Does it? Yeah. For Atari 2600, like, well, I mean, think of how it actually sounds. Oh. It sounds more deeper in this. That's it. Oh, man. Yeah, it sounds just uh, a, d- a deeper sound than uh, than it would like say on Nintendo or something. Gotcha. Well, that's oh. pretty cool. And actually, just straight up, actually has that Galaga look and feel to it. Yep, and sound. Nice. This yeah. is a really good conversion. So. Oh yeah. Definitely endorse that, that's for sure. Damn straight. Alright, uh, next coming up, Looter 
early preview of a fabulous-looking Commodore 64 game by Marvin Hardy. I did watch this earlier, and thought it looked pretty good, actually. Okay. This is a new game? Uh, I believe so, yeah. This is, oh, I was about to say, this is, it is a C64. Yeah. It moves fast, I just don't know why he's not getting hurt by anything. But... Oh no, he's getting health taken away, okay. I mean, it's simplistic in its, like, gameplay and stuff, but it looks like it's like fast for the C64 yeah I mean does look pretty decent mm -hmm. it has some potential to it it's more it seems like it's just more like if it said a, a platforming collector game like yeah. just collect all the coins finish that route kind of thing don't die <laughs> don't die <laughs> He didn't get all the coins. He yeah, missed you one. missed it. Yeah, you missed one like like four screens back. Yeah. Oh. Boy, you screwed now. <laughs> we get so into watching these like oh, Well you gonna die games. I know, right? Oh, game over. Yeah, that's what happens. Should have been more vigilant, man. It says collect all the Did you listen? No. A uh, new video from Sitterman shows the latest work-in-progress footage of a C64 game called Looter, which is a new game from Marvin Hardy that was originally called Hellbound. Footage gives a first glimpse of the game, which features not just a cool soundtrack, but the gameplay is an intermix of creepy skulls, nasty hellish beasts, level design, and coin collection. According to Marvin, he has said the C64 game was originally called Hellbound, which has been renamed to Looter Haunted Castle. Feature a huge map with over 200 screens, a 32 sprite megaplex engine and a backstory of a looter that comes across an abandoned castle full of riches and dangerous enemies. They'll make your looting life that much more difficult. So. Again, always interesting to see new games. It looks like it runs pretty pretty smoothly. I just hope that they, they put more... Like, you almost need, like, an action. Like... Besides need jumping, to, like, need can I shoot something? Can I have some kind of weapon? Can I can I attack yeah. these enemies? Can the enemies get a little bit more difficult? But, I mean, if it's still a work in progress, there's probably a, a million things I could still do. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Just, it needs a little more substance. Mm -hmm. All right, another uh, new game for the C64 uh, from Retrolink's STF, Tomb Chaser. Okay. Like Very simplistic, but it looks like it's basically almost like a, uh, oh, oh, when you get to, oh, there's obstacles there that you don't know about, or maybe things you have to collect. Oh, gems found, and how many torches you have. So you, I guess you have to find the gems, and uh, you can use torches to find them faster, maybe, because it lights up the room for a second. Alright. Again, but... another simplistic... If you're into puzzle games, this kind of should be, like... C64 and stuff is great for that kind of stuff. Okay, but my question... See, there you go. You see all your gems. So now you got to kind of remember where they are and collect them all before you can exit. 
Okay, sure, but what else do you do? Uh, looks like that's pretty much it. But, I mean, again, if you're into these type of puzzle games, and Please as long sure. as it's, like, there's 100 levels, you're probably going to want to play, like, again, if you're into it, you're going to probably want to play through all the levels. be an interesting game to speed run. Mm, yeah, there you go. Oh, wow, and I don't think you get any more torches. Maybe you find some? Jesus. Anyways, yeah, very simplistic game, obviously, but, I mean, again, if you're into that sort of thing, I can see that being interesting. You have to make it through ten tombs. You seem you have to collect at least six gems on unlock level. Makes the game more challenging. Is that the required gems are not collected in time, which did it... Oh! Oh, it starts coming... Okay, here we go. We didn't see that before. Look. So, if you don't get all the gems, it's the tomb starts closing uh, in on Okay. That makes a little bit more sense now. There we go. Like if, so if you start to like run out of torches, yeah. manual search around, it's going to penalize you because you know you're it's taking. Gonna, yeah. All right. That's what I wanted from this. Where it was yeah. just like, is this really all there is to it? Because if that's really all, what the hell's the point? Yeah. Knowing that there's just run over knowing gems. that there's a time limit to it now, yeah. that makes it a little bit different than it was. 15 seconds ago. Yes, because when you first said that, I was like, no, it looks like that's all it is, because there, there is no time. So I guess right. just after a while, oh, it says hurry, the tomb is collapsing at the top. So I guess after a while, it actually tells you, but that's what they need. They need to add the time runner so, you know, like, oh, you've been in there 45 seconds, it's going to start coming, you know, from the side now. I don't know. I think, like, not having, not having the timer... Like, builds the tension a little bit, yeah, where it's just like, that. how much time do I have left? Like, if I've run out of tour, how much longer do I have before I know I need to be, like, on the top side of the screen searching blindly? Because if I'm, like, on the left side or the top side, whichever, whichever way it starts collapsing, I know that if I'm not towards that side of the screen, I'm going to get caught, and I can't blindly look through this anymore. All right, it's... Oh. Now it makes a little bit more sense where it's like... You're, you're, you're limited in torches so that you only need to use so many. Oh See, that's, there you go. See, that now I'm talking about... It's like, so trippy you know, now. Yeah, you see what I'm saying? Now it's like, oh, we, we I ran out of torches. Now I have to blindly look through here, hope I find some gems. And if I don't, well, I'm screwed. I wonder, oh, they should have an option... To make it take longer or less time for the tomb to start collapsing. That would be deadly. Because <laughs> that would yeah, really yeah. up the difficulty then, like, set it to 20 seconds or, you know, 15 even, you know. Right. Well, it looks like there's, like, a, an option. Oh, you could, yeah. like, just say that you have no torches and you have to blindly search through for all of them. Oh, damn. So, I mean, even only having nine torches for ten rooms is going to make it difficult, because right. eventually at one of them, you're not going to be able to have any torches, so... Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> All right. Darkula, a brand new arcade game from Loco Melito and Griser 87 Looks like one of those old-school games. They almost look like they were taking some uh, Pac-Man kind of looks there. Fabulous news just hit our inbox. 
Uh, same designer behind the games such as Fantastic Ghouls and Ghost Stall game. Uh, of oh, Maldita Castilla, an awesome shoot 'em up team, but a grizer for Super Hydora is the next release of Darkula, a frantic mixed platform game designed like a 1983 coin op arcade with inspirations such as Mappy, Mouser, Arabian, and other arcade classic. Oh wow, that's nice. It just gave me like the kind of like the mappy feel, like like the Donkey Kong. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm uh, lo- like the color scheme for all this. I- I'd play this right now. I love uh, this. Looks so good to me. Uh, designed by Luca Malito, uh, with music and sound by Griser eighty seven. I'm pretty sure I've heard of him before as well, and some other stuff. Um, Darkula is the very latest downloadable arcade game to be enjoyed for all window-based users. Officially presented with its first dedicated arcade machine at ArcadeCon 2019, the game mimics the technical specs of the time in terms of image and sound, with added smooth playability and a scoring system carefully designed for local tournaments. So yes, a game not to be missed. So they actually had their own arcade cabinets for it too. That's that's cool. That's pretty cool. Looks like fun. Definitely something like uh, I like the fact that they they even keep like little tournaments in mind where it's like, hey, get like a couple people together that want to play this in a tournament sort of style. So, mm-hmm. um, our next bit of news is Saturn 3D first-person shooter engine enters testing phase. So basically, they're 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 making a first-person shooter, I guess, engine so that they can start making FPS games for Sega Saturn. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, I mean, yes, you got Quake, Duke Nukem 3D, and Power Slave, which are great titles on the Saturn, showed there was uh, more under the hood than previously thought. Problem is, uh, we also got trash like Doom, uh, the port, not the title itself. The FPS yeah. genre was severely un- under-precedented on the Saturn. Uh, the hope is, though, as independent homebrew developers are hard at work on FPS solutions, one such being Z-Trem Engine, or Z-Treem? Instead of x it's Z-Treem? I don't know. I mean... Alright, so they're not saying that it's perfect. Just read a description on YouTube, and you'll see developers asking for help by... Uh, for any, uh, for many aspects, uh, this is one son of Z-Stream Engine is a labor of love and something to watch for. Developers down to earth about their abilities knows when to ask for help. Something I want to talk about in Z-Stream is a great example for use of it. The reason we see a lot of newer independent homebrew rocking on platforms such as the Sega Saturn, sometimes surpassing commercial efforts from back in the day, is easy to pinpoint. Money. Commercial games are usually done on tight schedules and have people snapping the whip over developers' heads. Independent homebrew is often created as labors of love. Developers usually ask for help from the community, which means you get a more refined game that you probably wouldn't have gotten back in the day because people were being rushed. Hence, people exploiting games and finding glitches everywhere. Right. But it's interesting that they're trying to improve on the, I guess, the, the 3D first-person shooter uh, engine for the console. Just depends on like what they give us with it. Because mm-hmm. if they can improve the engine, they you know give us some you know some better games. Exactly. Because I mean that was a thing back in the time. I don't know if a lot of people realize that, but the Sega 
was it CD and the Sega Saturn and then the Sega Dreamcast, they were well ahead of oh, technology yeah. in regards to, you know, Nintendo at the time. And no one realized that, but at the same time, they also couldn't afford it. Yeah, I, I'm pretty was... sure the Saturn, when it first came, it was like $700, which uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure most of you know, well, I was going to say most of you know that you, you know, Parents don't want to shell that kind of money out now, but that's a mm. lie. They do. <laughs> <laughs> but back in the day, like your parents probably thought it hard enough buying you a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo or a Sega Genesis because it's like, oh, that's close on to almost two hundred dollars. I'll get it for you and your your brother, or you know, this is for Christmas and your birthday. And you're like, wait, how can you do that? Anyways, <laughs> well, they do it to me all the time because. Birthday was four days after Christmas, but whatever. <laughs> How about a birthday that close to Christmas makes so sort Uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> you actually uh, mentioned the PC Engine uh, Core Graphics Mini coming. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was... I think you pretty much covered all the information. I, was, I didn't realize that this was actually covered in that... Uh, In that bit of news that you had there for it. So, anyways, my last bit of news is Double Sided Games is ready to launch two Commodore VIC-20 games. Uh, they successfully debuted the Commodore 64 port of huh, La Baie de More in January 2019. Currently in preparation to launch two new titles for the Commodore VIC-20. First of the two titles is Fire, a fun arcade game developed by Rain Cap- Rainer Kapler. The game sees you control firemen with the objective of having to rescue people from burning houses. Fire is broken up into three different sections. The first is a city map where you have to navigate your fire truck through the city maze in order to reach the burning building before it's too late. Second section sees you hit a road in a top-down view where your job is to avoid oncoming traffic until you reach the fire. Third and final section uh, is a game and watch style game where you find people jumping from the burning building. You need to position the firemen right under the, pla- the jumpers to ensure their safe landing. Once you completed all three sections, you successfully completed the level and are ready to move on to the next day. Uh, the maximum speed is reached after 65 levels. Uh, you repeat the same sections with faster gameplay. Ooh. Okay. I can see that getting harsh pretty quick. And then the right. people who are into punishment loving it. <laughs> <clears throat> the second game on offer by Double Side Games is the complete opposite of the gaming spectrum. Realms of Quest V is an RPG with a vast depth of detail and gameplay. Created by Ghislaine de Blois, Realms of Quest V will require a 32K memory expansion to play. Roman's Quest V is set out in a time where the united races belonging to lands of greater Rivaria are under threat by the Resistance, a large group of foul creatures wishing to bring down the current sovereign leader in a current way of life. Defeat the strong foe, up to ten worthy adventurers, regardless of race, origin, or creed, called upon to the royal castle to gather uh, the shards of the Tablet of Uther, which in its complete form holds the power to unite all through the land to stand strong and defeat the enemy. It'll feature over 350 multicolor graphical images that depict the monsters, characters, and scenery. 16 races, 16 classes, 2 genders, 3 alignments. Probably going to have 10 play- player characters plus 10 summon monsters. An overland map that exceeds its predecessor by a factor of 4. 
20 cities and 20 villages, persons you can talk to and interact with, 20 mazes and dungeons to explore. Game is uh, purported to contain 100 hours of game time. Having spent close wow. to a week with the game, we confirmed this to be true. Game is massive. Spent almost an hour browsing through the Book of Beasts, the digital library containing pictures and statistics on all characters found within the game. While you were given the option to create your own custom search party, we decided to use the quick start option, allowing you to begin playing straight away with an already created party. Each character has a number of attributes, including strength, IQ, wisdom, agility, health, charisma, hit points, age, alignment, experience, and gender. Going through and reviewing these statistics for each member of your party really does give you a strong sense of level of detail and pure passion that has gone into developed uh, realms of Quest Five. Oh. Well, I can't I can't say that I'm interested, man, because only two genders and I really <laughs> so not interested. Apparently the game also comes with a world map printed on cloth, and that looks like a large world map. Sure does. Like, holy cow. Oh, so yeah. This alone is enough to keep me excited for something like that. But for, like, a game like that, that to, to run a hundred hours? <laughs> Damn. I have a VIC-20 over there in my shelf. I'm uh, <laughs> just saying... I don't know if I have a 32k. Oh wait, yeah, is that what he said for that one there? Yeah. Yes, a 32k memory expansion to play. So I, I might have to get a 32k memory expansion, but for a hundred hour RPG, holy shit! Yeah, that is craziness, dude. That'd be fun to stream if I could. Yeah, right. All right, so nine nine day stream straight. We're playing this game. Not only this game, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to our Kickstarters real quick. I only have two, so we're almost finished, everybody. Almost finished. First one is Switchblade, a Sega Genesis video game and action figure line. Oh, boy. It's also for the Atari Jaguar. Let's just watch. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. When a game kickstarts and says it's going to be released with an action figure line, I'm very concerned. Exactly. I'm really, really, really... Con what? Something wrong with his elbow. <laughs> <coughs> yes, I get it. You guys are really good at getting those angles. Okay. Quite the slideshow you got going there. Can we, can we please... And how about some that's, gameplay, guys? Right, that's what I'm waiting for. Game how about play. some game? How about some gameplay, guys? Oh, um, here we go. Thank God. About to say, like, is this their gameplay? I mean, it's not terrible. But it's not fantastic. What the fuck are you doing? Are you gonna get up there? Oh, okay. What the fuck is up with those jumps where his legs are like... He's like in poop position every time he jumps. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Watch him. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Oh, no. We're gonna get it. Jump forward. Hurry the fuck up. Jump. Oh, you're gonna do it. How dare you minimize. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, 
He just said, ah, Mrs. You see what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. There it was. Yeah, I saw it. Sit down poop thing. All right. It's, again, uh, we try to cover retro news. So when you see something for the Sega Genesis, I I knew the action figure line was kind of eh, but I was thinking, like, hey, maybe the game might be all right. It looks okay, but... I just I expect a little bit more from the Sega Genesis. Yeah, like if I had gotten this for Sega Genesis back in the day, I'd be pretty upset about it. Yeah, I mean it just it really strikes me as like it's just not flowing. It's so very it's, like it feels like it's like a like an old DOS computer game. Yes, and it feels like very it, stiff, or it seems very stiff. Yeah, and. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of having, like, these, like, secret areas you can go yeah. like that, but at the same time, it's like, my 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 main concern about this is that just graphically, it's kind of turning me off a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm really not going to lie to you when I say the fact that your Kickstarter says that you want to develop this new game, and you're already putting out action figures for it? I mean, what? What? Yeah. Usually, I mean, and again, this is almost like a Metroidvania type, type of look from what I can see, but it's just the 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 stiffness in your in the in the animations just really yeah, terrible. It's, yeah. That, that's the only thing you're going to have to change that. You want it to be smooth. Like you said, it feels more MS-DOS than, mm-hmm. you know, Mega Drive. So, yeah. That's that's the only thing that's uh, throwing me out. Now, and they said, yeah, it's Genesis gameplay, so it's not even Atari Jaguar, so you can't even blame it on that. Right. And, I mean, look at this. Like, this is all classic-looking stuff that you'd like to see in, like, manuals and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I love you know this. What this kinda, you know what this, like, visually reminds me of? Nukem games. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's like, all right, well... Maybe they'll impress us with something when the, the, they actually release it, so. I mean, they got some, like, good artistic design on it, but, like, I see, you know, like, like those sort of pictures there look kind of nice. It reminds mm-hmm. me of, like, X-Men characters or something, you know what I'm saying, but. <coughs> huh. Tiger Electronics game? <laughs> Jesus. I'm just still handheld. I think you guys are reaching too far. I mean, I do appreciate what you're going for for the nostalgic feel. I like that you're trying to do it for the Mega Drive and the Jaguar because, you know, the Jaguar could use more better games anyways. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's before a huge you stretch. finish this game, you have to fit. Like, this, this palette right here is gross. And I know maybe this is only the one stage, but this is gray. I'm basically gray, I'm black, I'm gray, I'm black, I'm gray, I'm black. The only mm-hmm. different color is this red here on you and some of the enemies. It looks too plain. You need to have more detail for a Sega Genesis game. I think we, didn't we already just look, oh, Foxyland. Yeah, Foxyland is like a great example of like what. If it had nice flowing animations, hit, jumping onto a tree, little leaves scattering about, 
looking all like real leaves, not like a leaf is going like you know, you right. just you got to get your animations down. You got to get your more detailing, more better color palettes going. Because right mm-hmm. now, I honestly, it's not something I'd look forward to, personally. Yeah. Needs a little something extra, guys. Yeah, but I mean, maybe they see this. Maybe they take that feedback and f- make their game better. I can see some potential with it, by all means. Mm-hmm. But oh, it, absolutely, it needs more work. Yeah. So, anyways, they are looking for eleven thousand four fifteen. Uh, that's Canadian. They've recently got about eighty five percent, which is uh, nine thousand six ninety seven. If this looks interesting to you, by all means, go and back them. Our opinions are, are not paramount by any means. So, <laughs> uh, moving on, we have another one here called Thistle Down: A Tragedy of Blood, a story driven fantasy tragedy, anthropomorphic rabbits, darkly evil fairies. It's already been kickstarted. Four thousand six hundred five dollars is what they have. They were only looking for thirty three hundred, so they weren't looking for a terrible amount. They still have thirteen days left, and once you see the actual um, gameplay and stuff, I think you'll be if you have ever gone to- more interested than you, you'd expect. Uh, I know I was watching some... Oh, here we go. Hello, my name is Jacques, and I am the producer of this game. No. Well, I, I need your money, and please help me. Let's give him a lot of the story there, but probably for... Not to be spoiler E. But I really wish you'd stop going back and forth. You can talk without... We don't need to see you. We'd right. rather see your game. You're selling your game, not you. But it looks pleasing to me. Yeah, I mean, I wish you would get, like, more... There we go. Yeah, see, this looks nice. I, I, I would definitely play this. Dude! Well, I won't watch your trailers anymore. You can fucking listen. I understand. I understand. I had troubles, hard times. I don't, I don't want to see your face. I want to see the game. I'm not trying to be a jerk. I just want to really, I really want to see more well, of your game because I'm actually the game. Yeah. interested in your game. So <laughs> take it as a compliment, <laughs> please. God damn it, did <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing personal, dude. You know, I see more of the game. So yeah, uh, I'm from the little bit that I got that we got to see there. I'm not surprised it got kickstarted. It looks good. Yeah, it does. And so, that picture looks really weird. No wonder why. It looks like they're actually going for name. a short story as well. Another short story for five thousand. So they're almost up there. Nice. I mean, visually it looks nice. It kind of feels like it's going to have like a deep story to it because. There are multiple story elements there, so definitely, uh, definitely something I would be interested in because you know I'm those sort of platforming adventure kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for ten dollars US, you get a copy of the game. It's thirteen dollars Canadian. That oh, is not, not that much. That is good price pointing. Yeah, for 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 completely just getting the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love his visuals in the game. Very, like, uh, 
minimalistic, but still vibrant enough and, like, detailed enough to, like, keep you interested. Things, things pop out where it's, like, you, you know. Exactly. Especially, like, that moon in the background. Like, that definitely grabs your attention. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, why is it like that? Like, there has to be, you know, there has to be a reason for that. I'm trying to, like, does he have anything cool, like a physical copy? <laughs> yeah, right. A poster. Can I, can I play this on my ZX Spectrum? I wish. Master World Builder. Whoa. Uh, yeah, he has some crazy. Oh, he has. Wow, designed an entire race. Pledge a thousand dollars or more. He only had. Oh, okay, he only put it up for one backer. So one person gave him a thousand dollars so they can design a race. That's pretty cool. Got a thousand dollars and want want your ideas to be immortalized. There you go. That's what you, you do with a lot money. of moving layers and parallax create the illusion of depth and to flesh out the world. And you can tell this looks. I love this. Oh yeah, that's sort of layered graphics like that. Yeah. And you have a soundtrack too, and it's available to listen to. Oh, so many great things. It's but at least we got two kickstarters. One that would was. You know, asking for so much money and not fully backed and kind of had some issues. One. <laughs> and then and you have one that's not asking for much and looks fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to see that. But again, I'm hoping that, like, anyone, any any developer out there, like, if, you know, if, if we do or say anything that pisses you off about that, by all means, contact us. It's not meant to make you feel bad. It's not meant to discourage you. If anything, it's meant to tell you, hey, we like this. But this is terrible. Fix this, yeah. and now you got a good game. In yeah. our opinions, it's, I yeah, mean, for all we know, lots of other people like the way you have it. So, right? Yeah, I mean, we're definitely all about like telling you the story as it is, and we're going to, you know, give you feedback, whether it be negative or positive. Because if there are things where it's just like, uh, I'm not interested in that, I'll just straight up tell you I'm not interested in that because it's just, you know. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to be fake about this. No, give you podcasts and shout-outs and everything. It's like, that's not what I'm about. You know, we're we are about giving you guys the information straight up the way that we see it. Yep. And uh, keeping it honest like that, uh, like I said, it's, it's not meant to discourage you, but hopefully helping you make a better game and for things to be better for you as well. So, Right. Anyways, uh, another great, fantastic podcast. Lots of great news, mm-hmm. lots of great things to, uh, that were said. So, uh, again, uh, we've been enjoying the podcast. We're going to keep them going. Uh, we're going to keep the tentative, tentative uh, start time between 8 and 8.30 my time, which is uh, 6.30 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we should be on usually around those times. I, I should probably start doing a better job of actually... You know, letting people know as well. So, <laughs> but uh, we have been getting a lot of extra uh, listeners and stuff along the ways, mm-hmm. which is great. We're starting to get back our audience for our podcasts, and we appreciate you all. Believe it, believe me when I say that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, every, yeah. On like just on every on every different thing that we can possibly just say. You know, thank you, listeners here. Thank you for listeners there. We, we're on like a whole bunch of different things at this point. And I've forgotten half of them. So, yeah. but uh, if if you are listening either live or 
the recast. Thank you very much for listening. We definitely appreciate every one of you. And uh, we do put uh, all of our stuff into timestamps uh, in the description mm-hmm. of where everywhere that we put it, whether it's on uh, the stream itself that we put on the YouTube, or if it's um, uh, if it's uploaded uh, for just audio, like we have on uh, Shout Engine, then it's you know you you still have your timestamps. So you can skip ahead if there's something you find more important, or if you have to get back at another point in time, then you know where to go to as well. So uh, hopefully that's been uh, working out for everyone. It seems like that was a big thing last time that we were doing uh, podcasts. So yeah. Again, we're hoping so, um, to make everyone happy, uh, but uh, that's it for this week. So, um, for next week, guys, next week is going to be the first time I will be able to talk about Bloodstained because <laughs> I've played the game. Oh, God. I'm just going to throw that out there. You better be streaming be, that shit. Be warned ahead of time, I'm going to be talking about the game. So, you know it's coming. Don't be surprised. <laughs> I'm talking about Bloodstain. I've been doing this for five years, man. <laughs> it comes out on Tuesday. I cannot wait. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we're going to go and quickly ho- uh, host up somebody. Let's uh, just get a quick refresh. Because I know sometimes Twitch can be sneaky and not tell me when people are actually on. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got Skunky. Let's let's host up Skunky. He just started out too. He's only got a few people watching him. Skunky forty eight. He is currently playing some Shatterhand for a race. So Ooh, there we go. Have yourselves a good evening. Thank you for listening, uh, and we will see you again next week. Have a good night. Good night.